Hello and welcome to the second episode of my new podcast, Shot One Take One. On this episode, I'm joined by Gabriel Brown and Addison Keane as we talk about their new independent feature film, Finding Your True Self. Gabriel wrote, directed and edited the film, whilst Addison had a small role and co-produced. I was lucky enough to watch a screener of the film, but you can watch a trailer, which I will put in the description. I hope you enjoy the episode. I, I don't know if you've listened to the first episode, but it's kind of free-flowing and we can kind yeah, of talk I about... Yeah, I listened, I think I got about an hour or so in. Wow. I, did, I had it on for a little while. Yeah, it was good. I think we almost went for three hours, which was kind yeah, of unbelievable. Yeah, it was about two hours fifty, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because you, you sat there thinking, Jeez. well, we'll be lucky if we get twenty minutes out of this. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I knew Radley, and I've, I've worked with him a bunch mm. of times, so I suppose it was just kind of like talking to an old friend who I hadn't seen for for a long time. So I was genuinely interested. Not to say I'm yeah. not genuinely interested in what you guys have been doing, <laughs> um, but for for three hours chatting to someone's quite a long time. So I, I, I doubt I'll keep you. Um, that long uh, this so evening. I'm, if we do, keep us for, 20, us for I'm, 24 I'm, hours. We've got nothing I'm, else. On. I'm, I'm good. Right. I'm good for however long is needed. So, well, okay. So let's start from the top. The film. If you'd like to introduce yourselves, maybe oh. um, Gabriel, you go first, and um, Addison, you go second, and then if someone wants to kind of the thing that I didn't do on the first episode until about an hour in is actually introduce the film and kind of what it's about because obviously that's super important for anyone uh-huh. listening. Um, <laughs> Because yeah, it puts everything into a little bit of context. So yeah, Gabriel, if you'd like to go, yeah, first. Uh, shall I? Yeah, I'll sort of do the whole full name introduction thing. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and the placard uh, if you've got one. Not that anyone can see it. <laughs> yeah, it's a big sign. Uh, so I'm Gabriel Brown. I'm the writer, director, and co-producer of uh, Finding Your True Self. Is that all you're giving? <laughs> well, I'll give a bit more. Um, I thought you'll introduce yourself, then I'll sort of sweep in with the film, and you know. Oh, okay, but I can, I can give a bit more if you want to. So you're your co-producers, right? Was it, was it very much like this throughout the process, or? Uh, oh yeah, 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 pretty much, yeah. <laughs> uh, give, yeah. Give, um, um, well, I'll, I'll introduce me first, but then I'll like branch off of that. I am Addison Keen. I'm um, co-producer for Finding Your True Self, and I also had a bit of an acting role in it as well. But um, yeah, it was very much like that throughout the whole of the production process, where Gabe would be sort of like, "Oh, do we j-? like?" It was predominantly with like, so- like I remember we had a social event on Zoom that we had to hold, and <laughs> I gave I. It took me so much convincing to you to even. Well, no, attend. I said I was up, I was up for it, but I think I said it's the case when you're over Zoom, it's kind of you. You are a bit limited as to, to mm-hmm. what you can do, so. I yeah, mean, so you just let me just like Addison, you just organise it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it's the best thing though because I can say, oh, here's like a business thing, and you've got obviously businessy ideas as well. That's uh-huh. not like, but you're much better at the social side than I am. Uh-huh. I can say, oh, we need to do this event or what have you, and you're like, right, yeah, sure, I'll do that. I'm mm. on it. It sounds like the cliche writer director slash producer <laughs> relationship. <laughs> really, I know. Throw well, it's ironic. Into the mix. Yeah, it's. I think it's ironic because. Well, you, you, I think, Addison, you fit kind of what you do, like co-producer and actor, like mm-hmm. very social and stuff. And then I'm writer director, so like as a director, I'm meant to be the person who's interacting with everyone. <laughs> and then I just go, I don't like. I'll do it when I'm on a set. I yeah. love doing it on a set outside of a set. <laughs> Not so much. Him. Yeah. I know. I sound so out of all the roles that you um, inhabit in the film, do you see yourself mostly as the the writer director? Because obviously. On lower budget mm. stuff, you're kind of expected to do uh, pretty much everything, right? So, firstly, I'm kind of impressed yeah. that you had so much crew uh, for your film and so many sort of 
roles taken yeah, up by separate great. people. Um, yeah, they were they were great. I I think yeah, as a writer director, I think co-producer was kind of just we knew we were going to do it. I think from the mm-hmm. start, it's 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 the case, and I think yeah, we we had quite a, a fair amount of crew, and they were all great. But I think when it comes to indie film, and I know we spoke about this, didn't we, Edison? It's kind of hard to define where producer and AD kind of Overlap, starts yeah. and ends. Because, you know, your ADs, like your first AD typically is doing your shooting schedule and stuff. We did that. And, and kind of, you know, we did that, we did the call sheets. And we had people help with that, but it was primarily us two from the get-go. Mm-hmm. So it was a bit of a weird one. Uh, like, you know, trying to figure out kind of what do we really define ourselves as, in a yeah. way, when it comes to that that side of things. Yeah, I, I kind of always see uh, what needs must um, gets done, basically, by anyone who, who has hands-free at that particular moment so you can't kind yeah. of sit around and wait um for someone else to do the the call sheet if there's no one who actually is being paid to do that role so you kind of have to do everything right so probably even production manager i imagine you're probably chauffeur probably uh costume organizers foods um yeah. what else was uh agony aunt literally all of those all of those we i was gonna say i think to i think all of the all of them apart from chauffeur right because oh, okay. yeah because Pretty neither much. of us um, can you drive. I forget. Can you drive now? I can't. No, remember. I can't. You can okay. drive. Yeah, can but, I, but I yeah. but I couldn't. I couldn't. When yeah, we were you filming. passed your test like near the I, end of filming. Yeah, I passed my test. Well, no, because we finished in in in. Well, no, sorry. July. We finished wave one in April, and then we finished wave two July. I didn't pass until October. So. So you'll be driving oh. people around on the second one. Yeah. So sure. the second one. <laughs> so, uh, so the second one, I made. get to be chauffeur as well. Yeah. yeah I get you to, shouldn't have said that on the podcast. You should have said something like, "Oh yeah, I still can't drive." Terrible cook, really bad well, no. at organising. I've said we didn't have to cook. We had to microwave a lot of stuff. Right, yeah. right, right. Oh no, no. As I say, funny, we had quite we had quite a few people doing all of all, sorting all of the yeah. lunch, which was great. So let's um, let's uh, uh, double back slightly. Let's let's go back to. I don't think actually uh, the film has been introduced yet. Possibly, Probably, I think no, sort of, I don't uh, think no, I don't think we have. We, we yeah. sort of skipped ahead a little bit there. So yeah, if you could. Um, um, introduce the film and perhaps what it's about again just to kind of give a little bit of context uh, as we kind of talk do you want me to do this Addison? yeah of course go on mr writer director core producer okay or whatever. Uh, okay right yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so the film is called finding your true self and it's a drama and romance film about a, a young and isolated male called james who lives uh, a very secluded life and his only human contact is his brother charlie and then a chance encounter with a pair of very outgoing, very social best friends who are called Rosalind and Dave kind of allowed James uh, a new lease on life, uh, a new gateway into what you would hope would be uh, a better future. And obviously Charlie being the very uh, annoying, horrible character that he is doesn't take kindly to this new change of events and... So kind are of we avoiding spoilers for this? Sorry to interrupt, because obviously, uh, yeah, you were skirting around the I, subject yeah, a little I, bit. I, think, yeah. I, I say let's avoid spoilers, but yeah, I was, I was going to kind of wrap it up and just say it kind of just goes from there. Really, it's like that chance okay. encounter. Charlie doesn't take kindly to this, and then it really—it's just about the relationships yeah. that James forges with the best friends, Rosalind and Dave, and then the adverse effect that that has on his relationship with Charlie. Really. Okay, I'll have to try and remember that because I'm terrible. Uh, uh, forgetting things like don't mention spoilers so I'll, in my mind I'll just focus on the fact that really it's about a guy who's kind of down on his luck uh, he yeah. meets some outgoing people who kind of show him 
that life doesn't have to be so miserable. Yeah, kind of like yeah. show him the ropes of life itself, really, in a right. way, I guess. Did you write from, uh, is it uh, from experience or is it something that you... Um... I guess it's kind of a mix. I think all of my stuff's a mix because I, I think there's elements in there where I sort of go, oh, yeah, that's definitely me. I mean, I, I think Addison, without me even needing to say, he'll probably go, yeah, the social bit's about him. <laughs> sure, it's kind yes, of like, yeah, yes. it, probably, it probably is a little bit. Probably when I was writing it, I probably have thought... Oh yeah, that's me. Like at the start of the film, that's me. At the end of the film, that's not me. Like the sort of right. social. Because yeah. I mean, uh, to be honest, yeah. when I first read it, I did get because obviously we worked together on a few other shoots before we did this. And when I got the chance to read it, I was sort of like, oh, I can see elements of you. And I didn't think the oh, character was like a carbon. Yeah, no, I genuinely thought there are some <laughs> elements of you in James. Because like that's like not that you're socially awkward or anything like that. Because like you said, when you're put in those sorts of scenarios, you can like manage. Um, but you don't necessarily go out of your way to sort of take part in those sorts uh, of activities, that sort of thing. That's kind of what I saw reflected a little bit. I think there's traits. I think it, it mainly in the protagonists, but in most characters that I write, I think there's traits of me. Like, we're working on another film at the minute, and there's, again, the main character is definitely not me, but there's traits in there. Again, Addison, you might have thought that when you've, when you've read that one well, yeah, as well. Yeah. But... Yeah, there's, there, I think there's always there's always elements that you kind of inject uh, of your own of your own self. I think it's hard not to. I I would say yeah. it it, it mm-hmm. really um, becomes a juggling act when you start writing characters that aren't in some way based on you. But I think it's important at some time. I guess we're sort of only really talking about the lead character here because obviously you don't want every character in your film to sound like a version of you. Otherwise, it'll end up being. <laughs> yeah. It would be yeah. a nightmare, that kind well, of film. Some that very would be meta. a nightmare. I mean, there's an idea that for you. Be, Maybe yeah. it's just a film yeah. of you. Is, is that Ga- a bit Gabriel like Brown as Gabriel Brown. Brown. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. God. Or the new Nicolas Cage film where he's kind of playing yeah, a version of himself. Yeah, he plays himself, doesn't he? Yeah. So you could just write a film where it's just basically you meeting you, meeting you, but different versions of you at different times of the day and week and month. Uh, oh, and it's, but essentially, it's always you, every character, played by different actors, maybe impersonating you. I don't know if I could bring myself to write that physically. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> but no, be, that that would be funny. I think I think for you, the, I'm not the, sure the funny, for anyone else. Yeah, for everyone else. <laughs> for, for everyone, for everyone else, I don't know. Yeah, but uh, yeah, very very <laughs> self indulgent kind of uh, exercise in in uh, vanity. It would be. Yeah, I could just I could just cherry pick different traits. Be like, right, that version of Gabriel's this, that version of Gabriel's yeah, this. Yeah. But then, Ad- Addison, sure. you could play a version of me. I'm sure oh, people cool. have done it. I just, I just can't think of one off the top of my head. But I'm sure there's films uh, where directors, probably more the arty farty type directors, who have gone out and and done something yeah. like that. There's that one. He doesn't play himself, but there's that one, isn't there? That Charlie Kaufman wrote with, and funny enough, oh, with Nicholas Cage. Yeah, Nicholas Nicholas um, Cage plays Charlie Kaufman in it. Uh, what's it called? Adaptation. 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 Yeah, adapt- yes. That's yeah. It, that's that, I think yeah, it's one of those two. I, I yeah. think you're right. Adaptation, because he's writing. Uh, he's he's ad- uh, adapt- an adaptation adapting of a novel, his, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. And he can't figure it out or something, and then he yeah. kind of goes on this journey and figures it out. <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah. obviously a little bit. More. <laughs> That's pretty much it. In a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but being a Charlie Kaufman movie, it's uh, a little bit more involved. All in over. That. Yeah. So, how have you two come to be? How is it that you're producing uh, a film written and directed by Gabriel? So, where yeah, where did your 
where did you meet and how did this sort of process start for you both? We sort oh. of, yeah, we sort of, say, yeah. You remember we, this better than I do. Yeah, I, I, we, um, we went, I, I can't remember what happened. I think you made a post in like a filmmaker's Facebook group. About actors, right? About actors, what you did, you wrote a short film and you yes. wanted an actor in person to read through. It was like a table read that you were kind of wanting to do. Right, okay. Or at least it was either a table read or you just wanted. Some, it was either a table read or you wanted someone to read through the script for you. Yeah, so I definitely I was like, did some sort of post, didn't I? About yeah. that, I, need, I wanted to speak with an actor. Yeah, exactly. So then I was just all like, "Oh, okay, I'll do this." It sounds a bit different. So then I met up with you and Acosta, um, and I read the short yeah. film was Mick and Roller, which we ended up making. Yeah. Um, and you've never looked back. <laughs> and I've never looked back. How yet. long ago was that? Oh, this was um, summer, summer 2020, I'm pretty sure. Oh, so fairly recently then. Was yeah. that when it was? Yeah, because we met just before the first lockdown happened, and that was in, like, February. Yes, um, of late course, because Mick, Mick and Rolo got delayed because of COVID, didn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah, it did, we, so it yeah. would have been, yeah. Yeah, because then we made that short film in lockdown called Mental Moy, which we did on Zoom, and yes, I was acting with, in it along with Dom yeah, Martin. With and the lovely Dom. And you were director and writer for it, and then yeah. we came back and like, right, do you finally want to make Mick and Roll? I'm like, yeah, sure. So yeah. then I was Mick and then Caleb Seed was Rollo and then we yeah. did that. And then you came to me in, I think, September 2020, like a couple of months after we did Mick and Rollo and said, do you know any producers in the Northeast area that would be thinking about picking up a feature film? Mm. So then I was like, well, funny you should say that. <laughs> I'm kind of looking for some producer roles because at this time I was starting university at the time and I was kind of wanting to expand a little bit more from just doing acting. I was kind of wanting to get into the filmmaking side of things. And so I was like, I'm happy enough to do it. I'm, I like to think I'm well organised and I don't And really I, I know... did warn you as well, didn't I? I did, you, I did yeah. say, look, I'm going to be like, this is like, we're going to take this serious. This yes. is going to be proper. Yeah. I was like, I, I try, I, I'm, I'm sure I must have said to you as well, you'll probably get wound up at me several times as well. Yeah, Just yeah, be, yeah. be prepared for all of that. <laughs> Uh, I did all that preparation and, I mean, hey, here we are. So, I mean, I guess we did. And how did you find being a producer? Because it's normally the thing that people can't find. People can't find producers. No one wants to do it. So probably a little bit of ignorance was probably a good thing. I understand why people don't want to do it because (laughs) it's... I, I like doing it because I'm of a certain kind of person that I don't mind doing it, but it is a lot of boring work. To right. be honest, where it's a lot of you need to source locations, you need to deal with terms and conditions forms that you need to send to cast and crew. You need to answer the phone for when locations get back to you. You have to um do these um you have to ar- arrange all these folders online so that everyone can access them. Which again uh, is probably all stuff and most likely very stuff that different heads of department would do, but it yeah. was just us two doing it. <laughs> yeah, so we were doing all of this. So like I understand why some people might either think that's a lot of boring office admin stuff, but I, to be honest, yeah. I was of the mind where I didn't mind doing a lot of this because like I'm used to doing it a lot anyway because um I remember I had to deal a lot of this with my dad because he always was he's well he still is an organization nut so he always taught me even with my schoolwork I had to um be really organized had to make sure everything was um set so that I could find things easy and I can make references to stuff so I translated a lot of the stuff that he learned into this and it, I managed to I think relatively okay um so yeah it was a little well, obviously it was very much different from all the acting work that i've had to do beforehand but it was also refreshing in a way because it's definitely been the most intensive time for me because not in a negative way or anything like that but it's the fact that i've been because i'm just used to because like with actors we just come in when the film is being filmed and then we don't we don't hear much during pre-production if, except if it's like costume related or um 
we've decided to arrange this shoot to be in this location on this date can you make it um, and then you hear nothing in post-production but I've been involved in pre-production filming post-production and I've had to arrange all of this stuff in preparation yeah. for all of these stages so it's been very much a very different experience if anything I found it a little bit more rewarding because like instead of coming in part way through a production and I'm sort of like oh right this is cool and then I don't hear anything about it for like six months yeah. but you've then, to see it like coming to full fruition really. yeah I've seen it come to, through full fruition I've read the script I'm like oh I really love this script let's make it and then I've been through the we've like met virtually every week for the most part as well yeah we did um, so it's been like a continuous aspect of both of our lives since October 2020. I think actually, yeah, October 2020. 2020, yeah. When we put it into pre-production. Pretty so much, it's yeah. been in production for like almost a year and a half at this point. Um, yeah, so I should say to anyone who's listening uh, to the podcast, we are recording on the 16th of Jan, 2022. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, just over a year and three, four months. Yeah. Something like that. That is, a, that is Which a is long still pretty time. quick from start to sort of screening, really. Yeah. yeah. It, I, I think really uh, it, it's a weird way. A lot of people, I think, would probably look at it and th- question some of the things we've done and think, well, you've done this very speedily or you've done this in a different way. And I think it's, ju- it's just due to the, the lower budget and the indie nature of it. It's, mm. And it's, it's, you know, it's us as two producers and just anyone helping where they can. It's You, you, do, you, you do just do it a different way, but as long as you're... Which you, bits you know, do you think you make I think maybe maybe scheduling. Do you think, Addison? Sorry, I didn't quite catch the question. Uh, which bits do you think people would question? Uh, yeah, definitely the scheduling because, like, I know that one thing that we ended up doing um, during shooting was um, we would, me and Gabe would always meet at the end of each film day. We'd go back to the accommodation that we'd rented for him because he was coming from Annick to Newcastle, so we just paid for him to stay there. And we would yeah. sit down in this living room area with, with, that he had. with the actor, with the actor. Yeah, with I Bobby. Say. With Bobby. I don't, I don't want to make it like I was staying there by myself, like getting <laughs> some money for an accommodation. That's, no, Robbie, yeah. Robbie Fallon, who plays James in the film, was also staying in the same accommodation. Just that was another thing that we did to save costs. Is we just shacked them both up together, and there was two separate rooms. They weren't sleeping in a double bed or anything like oh, that. Wow. Um, so we were. Yeah. <laughs> So we I, were I sat slept in... in double beds. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> productions. So we yeah. were sat in this living room, and we would be going through thinking, "God, we went through that." I think this was one one of the earliest. Like, God, we finished a lot earlier than what we were expecting because I think we yeah. would project that we would finish at eight, but we'd finish at like five. I think or something I think like we that. definitely I think we had several stages of where we uh, overestimated and then just kept cutting it back. So I think. We started by, I think, overestimating, deliberately overestimating mm-hmm. each day by a couple of hours. And then as we got nearer to the shoe, it was the case of, oh, okay, right, we can cut it down here, we can cut it down here. But then as Addison says, even to each shoot day, it was the case of kind of thinking, oh, okay, right, we wrapped one hour earlier than projected or 30 minutes or whatever it was. Okay, what could we maybe add to tomorrow to... Make uh, the best you know, use, use of the time. Yeah, use more of our time. And I think we, we we did do that midway through the shoot. So we ended up with an extra day off in the middle of the shoot because I think we did, was it was it five or six days, then we were going to have a day off, then five or six days, which is, again, is a bit sort of uncommon and weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, I think we ended up with an extra day off in the middle because on the... We, I think basically, we, did we realise, and uh, Lucy helped us figure that out, that we... Yeah, Lucy, just, yeah, yeah, Lucy. I think about five days in, Lucy, who was, um, she was 
Um, kind of like our Sparks and second AD, really. Yeah, she she doubled up on quite a few roles as well. She was second AD and she was Sparks, and yeah, she was just helping us. Oh, she was great. out a lot as well. She, yeah, Lucy was fantastic. Fantastic. And um, I think on one of the lunch breaks that we had, she came over, she sat down with us at the table, and um, I think we went through either... I can't remember if it was either the next day's shoot or the rest of the day shoot. Of yeah, I, I think I think we had a few things... I think it was just a few things we had left yeah, planned because for Lucy that had ex- Lucy had experience as a producer as well, because she just produced one of her and Ben's short films around yeah. that time as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, that, and she yeah, just so we ended up yeah, a day off, basically, yeah. Yeah. So actually, it sounds like you guys, because normally it's the other way, right? Normally, it's uh, you are overly ambitious pre-shoot and end up running out of time and not shooting everything, which is the typical uh, well, way of making that's, films. Yeah, that's the thing as well, because like I've been on shoots that have been like that, and I'm pretty sure I said to you I didn't want our shoot to be like that. I didn't want us to feel like we were being rushed. Well, it was nice be, because you had the experience of that, and then I'm just excessively paranoid. So together, yeah. it was let's yeah. make sure we've got plenty of time, and we're here, and we've got this yeah. time, and we're going to be here, and let's make yeah, sure it's all going to be okay. For context, <laughs> I'm not mentioned the production I was on, but like we got a 10 a.m. call time. This was like a few like. A year and a half ish ago, we got a ten a.m. call time, and then we're like, right, we'll be wrapped by eight p.m. And then me and the other main actor in the film, we didn't wrap until one o'clock in the morning on the next day. Bloody hell! <laughs> that was yeah, that was an experience, but we didn't have anything like that, thankfully. <laughs> I think that's uh, unfortunately more common than not, isn't it? The it is, sort yeah, of overrun. Um, I imagine they weren't paying you overtime on that one because someone would have done the call sheets better if uh, <laughs> if they'd wrapped at eight pm and suddenly they've got to pay you mm. an extra four out. Ha- Is it four hours? Yeah, three hours. Four hours. Five hours. Uh, Five hours. Yeah, because it was eight, eight o'clock finish <laughs> yeah, to yeah, one yeah, o'clock yeah. in the morning. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because like the the agreement that we had was basically it wasn't um, an hourly rate. It was just like you get this uh, for the day. Right. Sort of the whole thing, day, right, right. For well, the that's whole day. Why that would be why they probably haven't bothered to schedule properly because if you're paying a day rate rather than yeah. an hourly rate then it doesn't really matter whereas it doesn't if matter if you're for one yeah an hourly rate suddenly you get everything done in like three hours yeah <laughs> but yeah to, to be honest we voluntarily put ourselves forward for that because i'm pretty sure they pulled us in at like five o'clock or something saying right guys we're behind on schedule yeah and then i just yeah. i i said i am happy enough staying late if it means i don't have to come back here tomorrow because i didn't right. want to make the commute again so i'm happy right. i was like i prefer to stay longer now and not come back tomorrow than to finish as you said yeah. and come back tomorrow and that's what we did, actually. Funny, that was a similar situation to that day where we had that chat with Lucy because it was the case of, oh, you know, I mean, it, it wasn't, e- it still wasn't even that late when we finished, but it was the mm-hmm. case of, okay, everyone who's here, we only have these couple of small scenes, which are primarily visual scenes as well, no dialogue. Mm-hmm. It's the case of, right, do we just stay a couple more hours and do them and stay up a tiny bit later, but none of us have to come you know, come in to work tomorrow. Yeah, because we were yeah because so, we were adding scenes onto the shoot day that we were yeah, going to have done to, on a to different the, to, day to, to, say, to then save us a whole day. So we ended mm. up with that extra day off because we just stayed later and, and done it. And I think, um, well, I think it's nice when you've kind of got that environment uh, where everyone's willing to do that. And but I mean, obviously, it sucks if you were just being paid the day rate and then were staying <laughs> five five hours later. But uh, I, I didn't it's, mind. I it, didn't well, mind. It, it's nice if you're willing to do it though, and we had mm. plenty of people who were willing to do that on this, which was great. So, would you say because it's interesting that um, Radley, the filmmaker I I chatted to the other day, he said about how you always want the director not to be the producer. So, <laughs> do you think mm. this is um, um, 
specific to that, I suppose. Would you would do you think that your the producer hat encroached too far onto the director hat at any point? I'd say in touches, I think just because each day, as Addison says, when we've sat down at the end of each day uh, and talked about, you know, what's happened in the day, what's going on the next day. uh, Obviously, we were both doing it, but it still meant that I was kind of worrying about, I don't know, whether it be, I don't know, food or schedule or whatever, you know. Because one thing thing that I found quite funny is you would ring me at like 11 o'clock at night when I'm on my way home stressing about, Addison, have we got the sandwiches for tomorrow? What types of sandwiches should I buy at the shop? It's it's that thing of you you just get it done, don't you? You just, if no one else is going to do it or if no one's available to do it, then if you can, then you, you get it done. So I think... But that's probably the only way I think it kind of... Mm. Uh, it did, And I wouldn't say it affected me too badly as a director, but it, it it's something that I'm definitely thinking about for the next project and for future projects, kind of like, right, strike a... May, I, I guess maybe a touch of a healthier balance on that, probably, I suppose. Is so do you think you were it. swaying too far towards the producer side of things, or too far... No, I don't think I was swaying too far. I think I was just, obviously, I had the producer stuff on, mm. you know, on my mind throughout, not just the beginning or the end of the day, but just throughout the day. Yeah. And it's kind of like, right, I, I, you know, I'm thinking about, as you say there, Edison, I'm thinking about yeah. lunch or how much time we've got or whatever. Yeah. And it's Because uh, to be fair on you, like one thing that I'll praise you heavily for is like the way that you approach producer and director, it was almost like a switch. So like you would switch on to be a producer and then when it came to directing, you would just immediately switch like almost like, at least when it came across that way, you might have still been thinking about it. Well, I think, but I, think I couldn't really of, tell yeah. that it was still encroaching on you. Because like I when we sat down, there was very it, yeah. little in terms of the director I was sitting with. I was sitting down with the producer, and then when you were dealing with the cast, they were dealing with the director. Yeah, I suppose maybe that's kind of what I mean. Is it maybe as maybe I'm, I'm not? I wasn't thinking about it or at the time, uh, and that's why I say I think that it didn't uh, impact either way. You know, director didn't impact on producer or vice versa. I think probably because I maybe was able to just jump between, almost without realizing. Yeah, oh. may- maybe I just didn't realise, or, or maybe uh, uh, because I was still thinking about both, but was able to deal with what I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> I guess the, the reason I, I really ask is because, yeah, if time constraints are in the back of a director's mind, I, I, I worry that that has some effect on their their ability to do their job yeah well i think uh, i think it helps that i like to storyboard maybe that kind of saved me because i think if i were if i didn't do that and i wasn't and you, you know because some directors work on they get there and they go oh yeah let's do this shot from this angle and i can kind of do that but i much prefer to have a rough idea of what i want to do so i had done a big storyboard so i think as long as i was confident that it was right okay we're getting this shot we're going to do that. All right, yeah, try it in this way. Da, 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 da. Let's, now we're going on to this shot. So then I think because I kind of had that re- that sort of structure to follow, I wasn't as worried, if that makes sense. And plus as well, because I remember, um, I think halfway through filming, you just sort of turned to me and you were just like, can you just make sure to keep an eye on the time? And just because I'm pretty sure you didn't really want to be worrying too much about time. Yeah, so you just I think asked I me to do it. And, that, then, yeah. and then I was just sort of like, okay, no, we're well ahead of time. We're an hour ahead. I think there was only one day where I had to say, okay, we need to speed this up a little bit because we're running yeah, a bit short. But that was time. nice because we didn't even have like a proper conversation about it most of the time. I would just mm. look at you and I think I would just tap my wrist or something. Yeah, uh, you'd just be like that. And I'm or just like, like I would just mouth the word time and you just. 
you'd you'd like hold up the sheet or you'd tell me and I'd just go right yeah. yep great cool sort and I could just go straight back to directing and red I didn't orange need to and green worry. sort of symbol <laughs> of how well you're doing. Like, that's actually yeah. that's a good idea we should use that next time yeah just just three just different cards signs yeah <laughs> they could just say hurry the fuck up take your time we're doing good yeah, let's do that actually. Yeah, next okay. Film. I actually, I no joke, you. I'm gonna write a note about that. The, the problem let's I would it. say though with the color, the color thing is that crew, other crew, you want this to be a secret signal between you two. You yeah. don't want the well, other crew. Let's adapt it. Knowing let's adapt it. what just like red scratch means. my nose if it's good. Scratch yeah, my yeah, eye yeah. You want it amber. completely anonymous to anyone else on the crew because you don't want them looking over and. Having yeah, Madison yeah, yeah, holding yeah. up a big red sign. <laughs> 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 you are doing this wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You need, to, you need no. to figure out a little language between yourselves. And but and I think then, that's a good. Yeah. I think it's a good idea though, because it's because yeah, no, it, it sure. even saves the hand gestures. You can literally just hold it up, and it's like, right, I'm a me. I immediately will know where we're at at that point. It's uh, something to adapt and utilize. I think. I think it's really important on on low budget stuff. Is 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 that kind of. Um, awareness of what's going on, like you say, just because if if it, if you had more budget, then there isn't a pressure to kind of make your day. I'm sure there is, and, and and there is on the big budget stuff as well. But on the lower budget stuff, I know from experience that the the, the worry that if you like you say not wanting to come back the next day, the the worry of not making that shot means getting everyone back the next day. We haven't spoke about budget yet, but let's just assume. At the very least, you're paying an hourly rate, you're paying expenses, and you probably will have to pay food again. So that pressure yeah. of just making your day is immense. And so that's why I ask about yeah. the producer-director side of things, just because, mm -hmm. yeah, I, yeah, I just don't think that, that well, you can I, I, really... Yeah, I think it was just that. I think we just settled into a groove, as you, as you do with most things uh, as we went along. It's, you know, because... Um, I think again to bring up scheduling and to bring up that that might be a thing people find weird. We had a shoot day on I think it was a Sunday and then it was a whole other week before we started our more intensive shoot. So for example our first night me and Addison both stayed at the accommodation that we used for our filming location. So that was a bit different because it was the thing of all right it's first day and it's first day nerves but we were there it was the two of us it was one day and we still had another week whereas it's then mm. you you then get to it where it's all right we're filming every day now yeah so like we had we yeah. almost we had a lot of breathing space after just that first day because then it was the case of we filmed and then we met on zoom again like later that week and we're like yeah. right what went well on this day what could we do better for the rest of the wave that's really what we, our chats were wasn't it was yeah just, like, pretty much it was just yeah. a review of each day and just like what right what can we improve on tomorrow what can we do better what what you know what, what needs to happen basically yeah is everything sorted and ready as well yeah are so the we... sandwiches okay <laughs> yeah, um, uh, did you go to film school? Did either of you go to film school or no. uh, or acting? Well, I, I, not not like a designated film school, but I did study uh, film mm. and TV at uni. I suppose yeah, it depends I'm, on your yeah. I'm doing. I'm doing. Well, I'm still doing film practices at university as well. So, what unis did you go to, or what uni are you at, Addison? Uh, I'm at Newcastle University. Okay. Yeah, and I went to Northumbria Uni. So it's, yes, so. Because the one thing I was going to ask about was the locations, and I could have swore I recognised half of them, but I've never been to Newcastle, so assuming that's where it was filmed. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. Apart from uh, apart from a little bit in Hexham uh, for the for the cafe scene. Yeah, I would have oh, and, and the gallery but... scene. Yeah, no, I've never been to Newcastle. It's still on my bucket list, but it looked great. I I, I really enjoyed the film uh, oh, and making awesome. use of the location locations that you had available um, was obviously a big part of, of of the film. So, how did you go about? Yeah accessing those locations especially i assume 
I don't know if you want to skip the budget question or whether, well, even yeah. just by looking at your faces mm. now, I assume well, you didn't I go mean, down the permission route. No, I think oh, no, we, no. we definitely yeah. did. I, okay. I, I, I was making more was, of the face because uh, of yeah. hardship. No, right, I was making right, more okay. of the face just because I was thinking but, about how many different avenues we went through to try and get to each. Because there was a different story behind like virtually every single location that yeah. we used. Well, I mean, I, I, my, my quick comment, I, I mean, locations we can get to, but my quick comment sort of budget-wise is that funding was primarily crowdfunded and self-funded. We didn't get any official funding. And I do really just have to say, and I know Addison feels the same, is that Obviously, a lot of our cast and crew were local, but we did have some come from further afield, and it was a lot of uh, buying meals and buying drinks and expenses and accommodation. And whether it was because people were in a creative lull because of COVID or whether they just really wanted to, to get on board the project, they all kind of did a lot of it out of the... What's the... Not goodness, that's a terrible word, but the uh, the grace of their, their own hearts. And I think it's a really... It's been a really thankful experience that we've had so many people who are willing to do it on on the kind of budget that we had. I suppose it's the best thing that I can mm. say budget was. So yeah. not to obviously beat around the bush, can I assume? And I have got no judgment uh, about this that the the cast and crew were unpaid, just because obviously yeah, it, um, apart from expenses and food, just because it affects yeah, the sort of questions. Um, yeah, no, no, expenses, food, uh, accommodation where necessary, and then just sort of like other things like uh, drinks and meals, because there was, I think there was one or two days where we were in, was it, oh, we were in like restaurants and stuff, weren't we? And we just, we just covered yeah. everyone's bill on that Yeah, because there was a couple, we worked with um, like a local food company on one of the last days that we shot yeah. in Newcastle. Um, Real Taste in Northumberland, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, and they did catering yeah. for one day they, and stuff. Yeah, so and then um, we were, sh- yeah, yes. shout out to them. <laughs> yes, yeah, um, they're, they're great. They're, they're great. Yeah, and um, we were also, um, when we were at the Hex, well, we did two days shoots in Hexham, which is uh, more in, more to the west side in Northumberland way. We, the last shoot that we did on the day was at a little Mexico restaurant, which did Mexican street food. So we just yeah. stayed there and we covered the cast and bill. And we also covered um, covered all their drinks at the um, Leavers party as well. Not the Leavers yeah. party. It's not universal. Yeah, they're kind, of, they're kind of like the first. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like the, the, first, party, uh, the first, the first, the first stage of the rap party. Yeah, it, it was literally the case of look, we understand we can't pay you. We appreciate your understanding and your willingness to still do it. But anywhere else we can pick up cost, we, you know, well. that's where we we're, we're gonna, you know. Mm-hmm. So what was um, what was the budget and how much did you get from uh, was it Kickstarter right. or Indiegogo? Indiegogo. Indiegogo. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was four four thousand, right? Yeah, total budget was four thousand. I think we got one thousand or one thousand five hundred ish from Indigo. Wait, what was it? Or was it two thousand? I think it was somewhere in the region of one thousand to one thousand five hundred. Mm-hmm. I mean, for the sake of sake, we could say one two fifty just to, to, to yeah, go sure. in the middle. Like we got about one thousand two hundred pounds from Indigo. It, it was something, yeah, self funded. Yeah, the rest, the rest remember. was self funded. Yeah, which I I, I find um. Yeah, it's um, admirable. And I, I think this is where this sort of question of um, self-funded features divides a lot of people, especially when it comes to expenses and um, food-only jobs, is that you, you have to remember, so what, two, 2,750, are we saying, has come from your own pocket? So, something to that effect. Yeah. Right, so it's like, okay, not to, I don't want to divide an audience here and kind of uh, uh, start getting... Controversial. Let's do it. I'm on both sides. I'm on both sides of the fence, though. <laughs> I, I, I'm so divided. No, I'm, so, I'm, so are we. I, I, I can hop and go back. I'm, I'm like a buy kind of. Uh, uh, what would you say of the argument? I'm a, I'm a buy bipartisan. Yeah, buy. Yeah, great. That's the word. Thank you. Oh, and bipartisan. Bipartisan. Oh, okay. 
And so I can see both points and I still think it's really admirable that you would raise that sort of money yourself and spend it on a film as opposed to like going on holiday or buying a new pair of shoes or... Well, or uh, a, a e- even even if we wanted to, we couldn't have gone anywhere. Cause, cause nah, we were all locked down. <laughs> but no, I, I mean, I don't know about you, Edison, I would have much rather spent it on a film than a Oh, no, holiday. for sure, yeah. Because, so were like, they I mean... grants at all? Because uh, I've heard of a few people who managed to get some grants along the way, and they've used that and put that into films and like the government thing, the self-employment. No, 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 is totally no, no, no. Free working. Just, just, just crowdfund and just self-fund. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, so four grand total, which were, which covered uh, expenses and food for what are we saying like a ten day, fourteen day shoot? Oh well, there was more. Um, there was more to it than um, I think just them because like we had to pay for a lot of some of the pre-production stuff because I'm pretty so sure we ended up having. Yeah, no, well, there we, were a few props and things like that. Props, and, um, location um, fees at all, or did you manage to? Some, yeah, some of them there, had there location couple, fees. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, thankfully, not too crazy. Yeah, but yeah, there was then, a few. Yeah, and then whatever we had left, I think we've just spent on distribution with like the um, the festivals, rentals, and festivals, higher, and... higher. Yeah. So there, yeah. yeah, I've got a few questions there. So let's put a pin in the festival thing because that's a really interesting one just because I thought the film had been finished like last week I didn't realise you'd even gone down the festival route yet so that's really important so what would you think did you spend your money on well and which do you believe that you would have spent your money on differently I I definitely think uh, the first thing that springs to my mind on what we spent money on well, I think, was accommodation. Because I think the the two main locations in the film are two flats. It's James, the protagonist's flat, and then Dave and Rosalind's the best friend's flat. Mm. And uh, James's flat was used as accommodation for the actor who plays Charlie, Shepsy Hader. And then... Uh, Dave and Rosalind's character's flat was used as accommodation for Robbie, the lead, and myself. So, and then obviously, you know, it's a space as well where we always know we can go to and prepare lunch. And ironically, the flats were barely even a two-minute walk apart. So while we were filming in one flat, we could have runners and people go to the other flat and start preparing food. So... I, I, I don't know about you, Edison, but for me, using those flats... And, oh, no, yeah, for sure. It was, ve- and, it was and, a very... we, and we managed to get a slightly reduced fee because I went and did them, like, quick little promo mm. videos. So we got yeah, a reduced very, fee on that as well. It was very so. cost-effective because, like, we went onto a- we basically just went onto Airbnb and we looked at places in the area, both for, like, the quality of living so that because we, we knew we were going to put cast yeah, in put there to up, live. Yeah. But we also were looking for stuff that looked visually good just to make better use of the location. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think we did. I think we did pretty well. I just sort of nailed those locations yeah. down because then we made we made the most of the time that we were there. I th- for. And I think in terms of where money could have been spent better, and it's something that we couldn't do on this project, but it's something that we've said we are always going to do going forward is just paying people mm. because we, we we made an agreement after this film is any future projects we do, no matter how big, no matter how small, we are gonna you know we're gonna pay people as well as everything else because. We understand that even just doing this film as a, as this feature film, it's a big ask what what we asked everyone. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where I think it could have been spent better. In this instance, it couldn't have, no matter what. But going forward, that's where I would want to. Yeah. So is the aim to be working on bigger budgets soon? Are you going to use this film as a 
a stepping stone some way of getting yeah. more yeah. funding. It's definitely something that you can say, look, you know, we've made this. Because when we were doing the crowdfunder for, for this one, for Finding a True Self, it was the thing of, oh, well, here's a couple of shorts or sort of monologues and little bits and pieces that we've done. Whereas now, going forward, we can at least say, here's a first feature film that we've done. Yeah. It's a little bit more, it's a kind of, it's just a little bit more to show off. Yeah, and plus if we can showcase, like, say if we were doing, like, a BFI application or something like that, we can say to them, look, we've made this feature film, we did it on foreground. If back, we've made, yeah. yeah, if we've made this, then if we just get some more funding to this, then we can probably even make something that's better with just a little bit more budget to it. So that's what you're working on now? That's the uh, plan, yeah. We're, we're working on another feature, yeah, and we'll de- we're we're going to put it in for a BFI application, and then as well as that, we will do crowdfunding and such. That it's it's just that that thing of wherever you can apply to, wherever you can seek funding. Really, that's uh, that always seems to be the thing mm. <laughs> with well, indie If you find stuff. it, let me know because I'd like to know where it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> that's the problem, right? Yeah, oh, no, that is it's it, the pot of gold it? at the end of the rainbow that we're all mm. kind of trying to find. Budget's yeah. a huge thing, and I—the I, reason why I've started this podcast is because I've—I'm 33. I've been making films for 13 years, and I still haven't uh, got to the point of making a feature film. So uh, I'm talking to filmmakers like yourselves, figuring out how they did it, all different kind of um, sizes and and backgrounds and stuff, and hoping to kind of like find a way in which I can see a common thread for how people got their first yeah. feature films done. But budget's a huge one because this is where I, I'm I'm on the other side of the payment uh, argument in which I've done shorts before where I've um, not paid anyone and I've done shorts where I have paid people and I always regret the ones I haven't paid purely because I think ethically it's not right but also because you're yeah. kind of beholden to them and their schedule because you're not paying mm-hmm. them. So, exactly. you know, if they're not free on Tuesday morning or if they've got a cold or if they're whatever, you know, they've, they've kind of got it over you that you have to step back and go, okay, what yeah, can you do? Uh, yeah, that, that was something that we just enough, had to really. accept. Yeah, that's yeah, of just what we had to accept. But if yeah. you're paying someone, which I've done in the past, uh, you can sack them. Like, not if yeah. they're ill and you like them and stuff. <laughs> I, I love how matter of fact that was. I well, can yeah. sack them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, That'd it has good. happened. <laughs> I, I've, I've sacked one or two people and, and kind of like had to tell them, sorry, I, you know, you know, I don't know what you guys are like, but I'm like three days and you haven't replied. I'm paying you. That's not good because three days. No, is yeah. that is that a little bit too sharp? Because I think three no, days I mean, is like I, 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 so you, long. You you kind of had to rein me in a bit, didn't you, Addison? When it comes to messages, because I ah. I can be a bit. Of, it depends on obviously like how busy everyone is and how busy I am, but I can be a bit of a stickler for replies. And, so you uh, want it done sooner. Well, I, I think he's I, the I, sort of person that wants it done yesterday. It's just kind of yeah, yeah it's yeah, kind of like yeah, if we can crack yeah. on and get it done. And yeah, that is the kind of person I am. And I think there are a few times where I'm sure that there must have been conversations we've had where I've said they've not replied, Addison. But there's, there's this thing, and we've got to do this thing. And you're like, look, they'll reply in about five minutes, and then five minutes yeah. go by, and it's like, yeah, they replied. Let's put so, it Addison's oh, text okay. them and said, you better, you better reply. Now. <laughs> 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 he, he's losing the plot. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I probably uh, lost the plot about fifty times, didn't I? I, I um, just fifty. The three wow. days is is what I'm like now. Probably when I was younger, it w- it was a matter of half an hour, probably, and I'd start to get a bit annoyed. So I've yeah. I've I've matured and realised that some people don't actually just check their emails 
more than like once a day and and i'm yeah, yeah you have to kind of but if you're paying someone then it's different because then i kind of exactly, think exactly it's, yeah. it's a job and if they're not kind of on it and you can kind of get a vibe from someone that they're yeah. not on it as there's much more as they there's be. more of a mutual like expectation exactly. that well, you have with them you've got yeah. a, you've got a professional relationship now because you're paying them you know you don't if you go into a restaurant and wait 40 minutes for your food you have a right to complain and say excuse me yeah. i'm paying for this food mm-hmm. that's far too long and the same with crew and cast is that you know if you're if they're kind of messing you about um but the hope is obviously if you're paying them especially and and it sounds like you've you've lucked out on the on the cast and crew you got for your film um, yeah they, they were they were yeah. just fantastic and i guess they you can't were. ask you can't ask that twice maybe i guess that's kind of the rule i kind of lived by yeah. if anyone ever did anything for free for me i'm not going to ask them again once is like the golden rule i suppose the second time mm-hmm. you should be paying them because they did such a good job the first time uh the second yeah. time they should probably be paid um yeah yeah definitely but then you could just go down the route of constantly asking for favors because because how else are you going to get your second film made you know like yeah. that's a genuine think, concern there, there has to be i think there has to be a balance because i think e- even if it's not favors and it's just negotiations it's like you know we mentioned about those airbnbs i did a promo yeah. video for the uh for the two of them yeah uh and that gave us a reduced fee so we didn't get it for free because at the end of the day we're going and staying at that place yeah. for a week a week and a half uh but it still re- knocked the fee down so there's i think it's, it's negotiation sometimes is the mm-hmm. is the name of the game for sure did you or can you remember what it was and what you managed to get it down to for for doing them a little promo video because i think that's great i think that's like i think they knocked maybe 60 or 70 pounds off I'm sure. i was gonna say i think it was somewhere in the region of a hundred maybe i think one i think one of them definitely knocked more than one off i, I know that much but uh, mm-hmm. so what I was the total the exact fees. can you remember how much you paid for the for Ooh. the airbnb for the 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 week because obviously, really if it's two hundred pound and they knocked off a hundred pound, that's great. <laughs> if it's like two grand, I really can't remember. Again, yeah. again, because I think one of them, one of them, we had for longer because mm-hmm. the one that I was staying in with Robbie, uh, because obviously ha- Robbie has more scenes because he's uh, the protagonist and I'm right. there as writer director. We ha- needed that one for longer, whereas the one Shepsy was in, we kind of focused on his scenes first wrapped him and then we knew we wouldn't be using that flat and wouldn't need to hire it so right. i really can't remember there was two mm. different prices two different knockdowns fair enough but that's a, that's a great remember. lesson for anyone listening is the idea that <clears throat> yeah you, you have transferable skills so if you're looking for a location there's or even a restaurant like i've said to a few people recently that are trying to get things off the ground uh as obvious as it sounds say to the restaurant we can promote you in the credits or you can have like a you yeah. can have like a, a thumbnail mm. of the of the you're on the poster or something yeah. or you that's, can kind of figure that's out another, exactly, yeah. yeah that's the other thing that we ended up doing because there was a few especially with the hexam shoot i think everywhere that we went in hexam we said we will promote you on our social media accounts yeah and what was yeah. their response to yeah. that they were more than happy because yeah. like i think um two out of the three locations that we used in hexam didn't require any payment at all. yeah yeah it was little mexico and um what's it called uh, the, the queen's, queen's hall. hall the queen's they, hall they, they, they didn't charge and they let us i mean little mexico we didn't need to be in for very long but i think little mexico oh with little mexico we said about promoting on socials but we also said oh you're gonna be our last scene of the day so everyone will come and get food we'll come for lunch. at your yeah. place thinking, after yeah they've just um, had 15 yeah. people eat at their restaurant so yeah so we, 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 yeah we, yeah we, we, uh, that, that's what we said for them and then I think although we'll it'd be fair the as well they also they also they didn't need to do this but they gave us like a 10 percent or 15 percent oh yeah the they price. did no, yeah that was, that was good that was really nice of them so in um, indie budget filmmaking yeah. it's kind of yeah how much can you get off even if it's only 
a percent <laughs> yeah. a percent yeah. could go somewhere else that's if so if you saved 100 quid on airbnbs that could be uh transport or i think there was one day where i think we we did sit down and talk about it and we went okay we've just saved this much off of one of these things we can use that for these props or for this uh travel expenses or mm. it was it was something to that to that effect yeah so if you hadn't have done that obviously then yeah then yeah that would have been more off the Money, budget mu- yeah exactly yeah. so so we sort of talked about things that went well what went wrong? Let's go to the other uh, direction. <laughs> well, you know, I like um, to be fair. I like to give uh, both sides yeah, of the no, story. No, no, because yeah. talk you, about you've, what went you've wrong got as well. to, uh, You've got to look at what didn't go well because you've got to yeah. learn from it for, for mm-hmm. next time. Yeah, uh, sure. I'm trying to... I think... Well, actually, hold on. Because like, I remember we had a production meeting. Um, I, don't, I don't think I have the book anymore. But um, we had a production meeting shortly after we wrapped because I think it was the first one that we ever had in person. Oh yeah, we we just wanted to have lifted. a chat, didn't we? We had a how, chat and we actually felt. went over like what went well on the shoot and then what didn't. I, I, um, I and and I think the first thing that I said to you, which is the the first thing that I've thought of when you've just asked that question, is. Uh, it wasn't necessarily that it didn't go well, but it's something I definitely wouldn't do again, which is breaking the shooting days up. So we had uh, one that we had to break them up because of COVID, because obviously we were going in restaurants and going in a gallery, which weren't open at the time. But even so, we probably could have brought them nearer together. So we had one single day, then a week's gap, then uh, about a week and a half of filming, then several months of, of gap, and then two days on a weekend of filming and i i think that's the first thing i said to you addison which is i don't yeah. ever want to do that again like yeah. i'd rather a two-week yeah. crazy intensive shoot yeah that was then. the other thing that was the other thing that you mentioned because like you just made me remember um i think literally even just after the first day of shooting you said for the next film that we do we should wait until covid's over because that brought in so many like ramifications yeah. for us because like we we had this we had this policy where all of the cast and crew had to do a screen skills um education thing which basically taught you about safety on set yeah, um, yeah, yeah to be yeah. covid compliant um everyone was masked up we were practicing distance where we could um, but there was just so many more things, extra paperwork, extra cost for us. We had to pay for sa- sanitizer on set. We had yeah. to pay for wipes. I've still gloves. got that. I've, uh, still I've got I've, the big I've, one yeah, in the cupboard. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I've still even got excess COVID tests that we had because we yeah. had the thing where every cast and crew member had to do COVID tests yeah. before they th- came on set. I don't know, though. I think, obviously, COVID stuff is something that will still be buried in mind. Uh, it's definitely something we're bearing more in mind because we were right it, in the real thick of it then. And, I mean, who mm. knows... Who knows what's going to happen next month, let alone next week, really. But I don't know. I think, I'll be honest, and this isn't to kind of like, you know, toot your own horn kind of thing. But the main thing for me is just that scheduling about yeah. like what we could have done better. And I mm-hmm. think, I don't know. I think, uh, oh, and, and location scouting, because the location uh, scouting for the exterior of the shop. That was kind of oh, our yes. biggest problem, yes. and ironically, ironically, it was our last day yeah. of. Do we want to? Should we? Should we like? Should we tell the story about what happened on that day? Yeah. Do you want yeah. to tell it? Um, well, yeah. <laughs> there sure. you go. Yeah. yeah. Fine. Okay then. So <laughs> we we um I think on our first ever film day since we were both staying in Newcastle, we already had like a because we had to shoot in a convenience shop, so. I, I went to university with the guy that did the sound recording, um, who's um, Daniel Hansom, 
And I saw in one of his university recordings that he'd filmed the interior of this shop. So I was like, what shop did you use? Because that looks really cool. And he was like, oh, it's um, Man's Convenience Store. It's like just one of the... Um, it's like Shout one of the wide brand. Shout out to them. It's like one <laughs> of the, it's one of the random premier shops that you see popping up in a lot of the city centres. So me and Gabriel went over to that shop. We wrecked the interior in that. But one mistake that we made is we didn't consider that we would also be shooting outside of that shop as well. I don't know yeah. why. I think we just I, forgot I think to check we, it. I think we did consider it. And, and we said, oh, I think it was a street or two over was quite a good little spot but as the day got nearer to filming there i think it was it, it was sort of almost like decided without without us talking about it that the because i think it was sort it wasn't like an alley but it was sort of like like a back street kind of thing mm-hmm. and it just wasn't going to look very appealing you know visually mm-hmm. appealing so yeah. then i think when it got on the day no that was it sorry when it got to the day and we had the sound issues and stuff yes. of the exterior. The, basically, the, yeah, there were sound yeah. issues outside we, when we, we started realized to that, We realised that even if we went to that location a couple streets it would over, still be you'd, bad. Still, you'd still hear them. Yeah, because the, the problem is we finished, we filmed the interior first and we got that done about lunchtime. But the problem is when we got to lunchtime, there was obviously loads of cars coming packed. across the street because there was everyone that was leaving work for their lunch breaks and all that. And it wasn't quieting down anytime soon. So um, I can't remember who, I can't remember if it was either Dan or sound recording or it, Ben, our cinematographer, they suggested that they it was might Dan. have known another... Dan, was, he suggested because, another because we, Well, I, I think we first suggested another premiere shop, which me yeah. and Addison had walked past. Uh, we went over there. It was better. It was quieter. And then I think we, we did a couple of takes. We had to be a little bit mindful because there were quite a few locals kind of walking in the background and staring. Yeah. So obviously and another thing was there was, kid, there was some kids there was on some bikes kids as there well. As well. And obviously kids consent, uh, minors consent to use a, is a lot more difficult. It's a yeah. lot more obviously of a concern. And then I think some construction work started around the corner. <laughs> So, yeah. so then that then, just sort of like crapped on it where we uh, felt like and okay, then it, uh, let's not and, the, the, and like I said the most ironic part is that this was all the last day of that week and a half shoot yeah because like, we, like we like to think everything went mostly fluid until we got <laughs> to that last, <laughs> last day. day yeah, yeah from um, the last day and then who suggested the next it one was, went, it was like, Dan it was Dan, Dan again because yeah, I remember so, Dan saying oh I know of that that pub I can't it was called the Anchor or something he said but that's right by the sort of harbourish area yeah, I can't remember so, the proper name yeah so we went so then we went to a hard. We this was over the span of about th- two or three hours as well. Yeah, just so in moves. like the third hour when we were on like the di- the next move of the day, we were <laughs> going to this harbour. We got there, looked really nice, and you came up with this idea of how we could do like some trick photography to make it look like it was the exterior of the same place. Yeah, it was just because it was that thing really of that you don't the audience will kind of buy into it. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's that thing of uh, if you. That if you shoot the exterior of a house, the interior could be the house fifty miles away, yeah, but the audience exactly. are going to believe that it's the same place because they've yeah. seen it on the film. So. Yeah, but then there was also there was there was some <laughs> unlucky for us again on that same day. There was um some boat workers doing work on the boats. Again, more construction was happening. <laughs> with a, with a so then so then what the most fun part of the whole shoot for me was Gabriel told me it was on the other end of the harbour as well I didn't I'll be honest I didn't realise how far away it was (laughs) he made me run I was running for a straight five minutes to get to this other side of this harbour so that I could tell ask them to turn their machines off I was like so I told them they were happy enough they totally understood I ran back 
we did like another 15, 20 minutes of shooting, they started up again. So Gabriel here sent me back over to the other side of the harbour when I was still catching my breath. I just, I would like to say that I think the f- <laughs> it, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't funny at the time because we were all stressed out. But I think looking back, it's one of the funniest moments of the shoot because you could see the full week and a half's effect on you, Addison, because you ran all the way over. To wherever, to wherever it was, I couldn't see where you'd gone, but you ran yeah. all the way over, asked the guy, he said he would, you ran all the way back, and you came back, and you took a few steps, and we said, well, what did he say? And you said, oh, yeah, he's going to turn it off, and the drill was just still going, and we said, <laughs> yeah. and we said, well, hang on a minute, he's not turned it off, and you took a moment, and you sort of listened and went, oh, yeah, it's not. <laughs> yeah, just all that real, and it's like the whole week and a half had just caught up to you about, I just, like, you just processed it, and that, and that but you know, on the day, not funny. Looking back, kind of funny. But, kind of uh, funny. So how did I you think... get? How did you get uh, around that? We literally just filmed. I think we did actually just film some takes with the drill, and just obviously we we got tighter with the tighter with the camera shots, so the yeah. mic could get and even I, closer. I think they I think they stopped for lunch, and we got and, the yeah, shot in and that they, they they did stop for quite a while. And I'm very pleased to say that uh, thanks to some, uh, I think I managed to piece it together um, using different bits of the takes that did by the way for the context because i've just realized you haven't mentioned you also edited the film as well yeah i i did yeah i mean and but then what I, that's that was going to lead me on to saying though i did the editing uh billy robertson did the coloring and then sam richardson did like sound mixing sound work and i think there was only one or two clips in the final uh final cut that had the drill in and when you listen to it, you'd never know there's a, a drill there at all. Yeah. Sam, Sam did, Sam did a great. really good job. Uh, so thankfully, it just came out okay. We just managed to film. The only way we really got around that mistake was that we just managed to film enough that there was enough to cut around, really. But uh, yeah. in terms of things we could have done better, just location recce and uh, just just planning better location-wise for that. And, and I think it, it didn't help as well that we just thought, right, let, let's film over there. We need we needed to think about a more visually appealing location. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what kick-started that whole chain of events. I think yeah. it's really hard to find locations where they're going to start drilling. Because, because you can turn exactly. up one day and kind of do all of that work and kind of think yeah. that you're being really diligent. And, yeah, and just be unlucky yeah, as well. Yeah, and it's happened exactly. to me a thousand times. And I, I'm glad to hear that you've had problems with drills because I thought it was me. Oh, yeah. I thought I had a drill, someone f- following me around. Every time I went somewhere, <laughs> there was suddenly the same <laughs> same drill going off in the background. You could always count it by your clock. You think, right, I'm just about to call action. So that drill should start <laughs> in about three, <laughs> two. Yeah, and it would, yeah. I know forever be yeah i i do close. remember just standing there and, and it being like it, w- it would go silent and the drill would stop and we'd go right yeah 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 and, and i give credit to not not just the crew but the actors as well because they were just straight they back were, into yeah it. and they were and, very um, patient with us on those very pa- well. very patient uh very patient everyone was uh and it, i think they'd get a couple of lines in and i'd sort of be stood there with my arms crossed going okay great 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 and then it'd go and i'd sort of just turn around look at addison and just sort of I don't know. I think I mind probably shooting myself or throwing myself into the harbour or something. Get the colour codes thing going again. I would just very slowly hold up the red sign. Yeah. <laughs> cool. But what did your no, sound like recorders of... say on the day? Uh, sorry, Edison, to interrupt. Um... No, no. Actually, to be fair, I was about to go on to that. Oh, topic great. About the sound okay. recordist. Um, like they were. Like I think at first they didn't particularly like pick up on it or like wasn't being picked up. But then as it went on, I think it just gradually sort of caught their attention. But Dan again, he was really. Picked 
patient on the day. Like I've, didn't got, even... I've got to give I've got to give Dan credit just overall because um, am I right, Addison, that it was his first attempt at sound recording? Yeah, he and, yeah and... because again, like I said, me and Dan and Michael Byrne as well, who was the second AC, we all go to university together, and we were we were all in our first year when we were shooting this. And we had just basically finished our exercise and training into how to use sound equipment. So literally after we did that and when we were... I think sound recorders was the last crew position that we had to fill as well. Yeah, well, because we had someone and then funnily enough to mention the whole not replying thing, they really didn't reply. I won't name names, mm. but they really didn't reply. Yeah, and then when like, they did yeah, reply, we would... they said, oh, I think they said, yeah. like, oh, I thought it was going ahead and it was cool. And it's like, yeah, but you still need to sign this yeah. form and tell us about this thing and talk about this and... Yeah. So we ended up looking for someone else, and lo and behold, we yeah. got the wonderful Dan. We got the wonderful Dan, yeah. But no, I think he did really well, especially for like his first ever um, position as like a sound great. recordist as well. And plus, clear. he seemed it's not me. It's not you. It's not you. It's not you. Getting confused as to <laughs> no, 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 it's not me. There's more than okay. one Dan in the world. And it's not me who yes. did it. Yeah, Dan, no. Dan Handsome. So, because yeah. uh, they're similar, I'm Harding, right? So yeah, I know. Um, it is quite, yeah, yeah, I know. So, yeah. so you had to obviously use crew that were relatively inexperienced. Then that was kind of something there, that you had there to... was a real mix of experience. Yeah, because Ben, our cinematographer, he had quite a bit of experience because um, he'd shot his own films. He did a lot of advertisement through his business yeah. Firestone video. Shout out um, for them. Shout out for them. We're shouting Lucy, out loads of people. Yeah, Lucy off. Turner. <laughs> Lucy Turner was pre- was really well experienced. I think she did like a master's at university or something like that, didn't she? Did. she? I'm sure she studied other stuff as well. Didn't she study biology or something as well? biology or was it I just biology? I just remember there being I just remember there being one night on set where she was saying oh yeah as well as doing film I think she'd done biology or English or something sorry mm-hmm. Lucy I'm butchering this but I'm butchering yeah, yeah. your I'm butchering your master's degrees but uh, uh I, I don't know it was she, she'd done all sorts of stuff but yeah. like like Addison says her and Ben work with fire as Firestone video with I think one or two other people I'm not sure who, yeah, um, but, we had uh, jelly. We had jelly on as a last day because I remember Lucy couldn't. Jelly. <laughs> yeah, nickname Jelly. I can't remember what his actual name is. We just called uh, him Jelly. I, I can't remember now. It's good. Oh, Darren. Okay, Darren. Okay, that was it. Darren yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, we brought him on on the last couple of days in Hexham because Lucy um had something. I think she was down south somewhere, yeah. so we had to bring him in for the last couple. I of said, days. It's a bit like what you said him. though. There, it's a bit like what you said earlier though, Daniel, about like you when you're not paying people, you've got to just work around their availability and Lucy he wasn't available and there wasn't going to be any other days we could have done those last film shoots at least not for like i think something about two months at the, at the minimum so it was the thing of right we need to just go ahead uh, even though we haven't got lucy and then see if there's anyone else who's free and then thankfully ben knew uh ben darren, knew jelly yeah. or darren or jelly whichever you prefer uh <laughs> what was his so... role sorry just uh, just in case i i missed that i i Second AD, but then Sparks as well. Oh, yep, right, okay. And then kind of a bit of of first day seeing as well, because her and Ben are are great because they obviously have worked together loads of times. They, they, a bit like me and Addison were with the sort of sometimes not even verbally communicating Ben. And Ben, I think, would sort of just nod his head or or say one word to it, and she'd go, Yeah, I know exactly what you mean, and vice versa. So they were great. So I'm going to re. I'm going to rephrase the question. Uh, what do you think the actors would say went wrong? Ooh, okay. Ooh. Put yourself in their position. Do you um. think they would complain about anything? I know that's a really, you know, trying to put yourself... 
Addison, I know I, you I, were I, an actor, I, that, but um, in, in the yeah. film as well. But it's only a small. Oh, one, I'll so. say everything went wrong. What do you think they would say when um, when well I, and I think, wrong? Let's I, get both sides well, of that story. I think again, just to kind of repeat some of the same question, get the same answer we gave before. I think there was a little bit of frustration on set on the day that we had that um, the frequent moves of location because um, yeah. like obviously I think it would it would just be natural that anyone would get frustrated by having to move from one location and then we hadn't even been to a location we're just going there and hoping for the best and right. then we had to do it again because it yeah. didn't work and then I think I think that was the only day that we didn't that we didn't finish either before or on time I think we finished two hours late or something like yeah, that yeah purely that day. because of the moves just because of the moves I don't so know. I'm being on it I am actually and again, this isn't to say that like the production was perfect because no, no, well, nothing is ever perfect, regardless of production. I'm not sure what they would say. Mm. I feel like I, that that is the best guess I could get because I know yeah. there was some frustration against about from everyone about what happened on that day. It sounds like you fed them well, right? That tends to be the first kind of. We tried uh, to. We yeah. certainly tried to. Yeah, because yeah. like we literally, we literally even had on our document, we had like a timetable of what food we would give them on each day, just so yeah. we had some variety of stuff. Like we had hot dogs on some days, burgers on others. Yeah, it was um, like pizza soups, this and sandwiches pizzas. here and this and that. And then I think we, we we got into a whole thing about let's not repeat, so let's not have you know sandwiches then sandwiches or pizza then pizza. Was yeah, because like, then bearing in mind if we were sh- if we were shooting on fourteen <laughs> days on the trot and we were shooting for most of the day, we didn't want people to live a soup diet for fourteen days or anything like yeah. that. Or, ju- or just have repetition. We wanted like even if we yeah. had pizza on two days, we didn't want it to be back to back. I'll be honest though, I'm I'm, I'm and, and as I said, it's not to say the production was perfect. I am not quite sure what they would say or what they feel went wrong. I, d- mm. I definitely agree with you, Edison, that they probably weren't super happy on that day in question uh, with the location moves. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm, I really t- I'm not sure. I'm no, genuinely not to them and ask. That's probably a good thing. Yeah, maybe let's not ask. Uh, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> just in case. Uh, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, thing, I'm searching right now to try and think of something. Well, have, a, have a little think about uh, it because yeah. this is probably a I'm question for Addison. Um, I, what I really, really liked about the film was the music, and it felt like. Um, it felt very, it felt very deliberate. So, was it uh, an original soundtrack, or they they tracks that you had to kind of source, or did you get people to? It it was a mixture, wasn't it? Okay. Hmm. Yeah, because yeah, sorry, um, I, I know. Th- I was yeah. About the answer, <laughs> yeah, it was a mixture. No, it's totally yeah. fine. It's uh, like we. I, I remember Gabriel did a little bit of browsing on YouTube, and he found a couple of artists on hmm. on there, so and they did like their... sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there were there were there were some who were basically we we explained the nature of the film, and they all said, you know, they all accepted that it was a smaller budget, and then there were some Mm. people who just didn't mind at all uh, about us using it for free. So there's a, uh, for example, I I think he's probably got the most songs featured in the film is uh, Frank Watkinson, whose uh, YouTube channel I just completely stumbled along. I think he came up. Uh, and you know like when you recommended. get you recommended, yeah. and I clicked on him, and he'd done all these covers and all these uh, original songs. I think he's from, I think he lives in England. He's from England, and he has his email there. And I just sent him an email, and again explained the nature of the film. And he and he just said, yeah, sure, use whatever songs you want. He said, I, I, I'm mm. just doing this for fun. I really don't mind. Uh, use whatever. And and his original song playlist, I think, had over a hundred songs. Wow. So, mm-hmm. uh, so obviously we got him to sign the Take form, so we had the proof of everything. But yeah. it was just the thing of okay, wow, we've now got access to over a hundred original songs, which fit yeah. the tone of the film to a T. Wow, uh, you know something. So it's like a great that. lesson there. It's... Don't ask, you don't get, right? So if you stumble across exactly. something, yeah. there's no harm in just emailing I someone think... explaining what you're doing. 
I think yeah, that, literally the, the worst they can the worst they can do is just say no, say no and yeah. then it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. okay. I think a lot of indie filmmakers get scared with that though, with the idea that someone's going to say no, and they think yeah. that, that you know that's going to kill the film, and it's like, well, you, you just go on to the next person. Yeah, you just have to. Yeah, you just you just improvise, adapt, and overcome. Really, like if you get any problems that come your way, you just sort of like, okay, that's it's not necessarily going to be the end all be all. You just need to find a different way about going about doing it. I, yeah. I sometimes shirk that responsibility a little bit in what I do though, because I I tell people that I have a very uh, a dry um, tone of voice, and I'll send mm-hmm. someone who's slightly nicer than me. So if someone needs to turn a drill off, I won't go because I will ah, get a no. It's, for it's, sure. why I, it's why I've got you, Addison. <laughs> I was going to say, it's like, like, like a mirror. It's, it's like I said at the start. Polite. It's like I said at the start. You handle the social stuff, right? <laughs> so I would be more inclined to be like, "Can you guys turn your fucking drill off, please?" And they'll just go no. <laughs> Whereas if you go with a nice cheeky smile and a nice like explanation over what you're doing, you're probably going to get a yes. So I think that's a really key lesson for anyone who's kind of beg stealing yeah. and borrowing to get their film made is you know pearly whites and smile with a, a cheeky grin yeah. is going to take mm-hmm. you uh far so the playlist was purely asking people no payments no nothing was involved yeah, no there. I, I think yeah. i think there, there were there were some considered pay- putting it on think... spotify maybe as like a as like a film as a soundtrack, soundtrack maybe yeah i think there's actually, actually some really cool songs on there i think we there. did we, we did, did talk about it. that yeah. Uh, I think we did discuss it. It's just one of those things where after the film's premiered, it's like, okay, what are those extra little things we talked about doing? But yeah, definitely because I do think it's a a great soundtrack, and I think it's a nice it's a nice mix as well. But another way of promoting ju- the film as well. Definitely, true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just a hundred percent. But I think it, to come back to what you said there about if you don't ask, you know, you never know, and the worst thing they can do is say no. Is I definitely think re- I was surprised. Obviously, you go on YouTube and. I think every every sort of proper vocal song in there is from an artist who I found on YouTube. I just started searching, you know, indie film or covers or this, and as you find these people, uh, and I'll be honest, uh, other than Frank, I was more inclined to reach out to those who looked like they had less subscribers, because in full honesty, you think they're more likely to, to agree to either no fee or to a lower fee etc but you you look at that and you realize how many great musicians there are out there and Mm. lo and behold you then end up with a wonderful soundtrack uh, a a real mix of a soundtrack uh, again which i think at least fits the the tone of the film uh, really well would you agree addison oh no 100 percent, yeah because like yeah because all you really need to do is just reach out to them and then again worst comes to worst they will just say no there was a couple of fees i'm pretty sure tied to i, I, I think least... that i think the one fee which again we did get mm. reduced was the uh the can't say no to your honey song which is in a montage and in the credits as well that yeah. that one had a fee but again i can't it's like there's so many different amounts yeah. and so many different days i can't remember I, but i know yeah, they, they I, did i remember reduced. I remember the first song that you sent me, it was a YouTube video, I can't remember who the artist was, but you had already said, oh, I've already gotten this sorted, um, we've gotten this song, here it is. No, no, sorry, you hadn't gotten that song specifically, but you showed me an excerpt of one of her other songs. Oh, Alison like, Young. Alison Young, that's it. You sent me some of Alison Young's music, and I was just like, she's on YouTube, she's got so few subscribers, and she's just giving us this music that's, like, yeah. so good. And yeah, I think like, yeah, I think we used like... I think we used three of her songs, and she said normally it would be so much amount, and I explained sort of our budget, and she knocked, I, again, can't remember, but it, I remember it was a substantial amount that she uh, took off, uh, the higher of, you know, for three mm-hmm. songs, not just one song, for three. So... 
it is that thing of just reaching out uh, and it's as you said Edison you go on there and you think but well, they've got so few subscribers and then they've got mm. this wonderful uh, little uh, EP and things like that and well, there's a, so, there's so a whole amazing. ocean of uh, of people out there doing creative exactly, things, yeah. right? So yeah. we take for granted now that we, that we have YouTube and, and Spotify and those sorts of things accessible to us. But you just have yeah. to go digging and there are incredible people out there doing incredible things but have no audience for whatever reason. They haven't managed to kind of, you know, suss out the YouTube algorithm or whatever it's going to be so that people actually see them. But if you can kind of find those people, so it's a similar sort of thing that you were saying yeah. about the the cast and the crew that you've obviously hired is they're they're out there, but you've obviously got to try and get them because if you yeah. had all the money in the world, you mm -hmm. could just buy the song that you wanted. But because yeah. you don't, you have to kind of go diving and exactly. kind of seeing where the pearls are. But from the sounds of it, that's another really good lesson and, and one I would like to highlight, which is yeah. whilst we can be sometimes a bit. Um, not embarrassed, but a bit tentative about our budgets and the, and the sort of money that we're working with. I think most people, when you explain to them, hey, look, we've made this film for four grand, so charging us five grand for the use of your song, uh, it's yeah. not going to work. Yeah. So they'll probably realise that and kind of go, okay, so how much is normally budgeted to a, a song for a million pounds? Maybe it's 20 grand. So they'll be thinking, okay, so what's that sort of percentage? Yeah. You know, And I think that, yeah. that can be sometimes a good relationship if you can say to someone, look, it's not big budget. It's only four grand. So, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll buy you a beer. Mm -hmm. How about that? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because you know, exactly. for you and your budget, that's still something. That's still substantial to you. And so, mm -hmm. in order to get your film made, and I know we've said it before, but the worst thing they can say is no, and that's not really a big deal. And you kind of think maybe for them, like we're talking about it now, for example, right? A little bit of promotion. If anyone else listens to this, anyone watches your film, they're kind of maybe going to see the soundtrack credits, and they're going to go looking for her. If you yeah. potentially make a soundtrack mm -hmm. album, put it on Spotify, like Definitely. these things are the way that as indie filmmakers, we've got to kind of, and creatives in general, kind of navigate our way, right? And kind of not just go, well, it's just about the money because she might have taken, if you if she said, no, 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 it's this amount of money and you couldn't afford it and you found three other songs, then, uh, do you know what I mean? Like, where where is it going to yeah. get her? Okay, exactly. she... she uh, I, I think I think there was, uh, I mean, then I don't think any of them ever outright said it, but you could kind of, you, you could pick up that vibe of, oh, okay, well, at the end of the day, uh, for the ones who we did have to pay a, a mini fee for, they're still thinking, well, my film is still being used in this film, I'm still getting paid a little bit of money, and then as you've just said there, they still get a bit of promotion and people directed to, to them mm -hmm. from it, so... It's not exactly a, a losing situation for them. Yeah, everyone still benefits from it. As yeah, well. it's like just we not get as our obvious. music, they get promotion. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's not as obvious as the the monetary value, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Coming, yeah. Coming directly to them. So uh, this is probably in a really bad order. My sort <laughs> of like thought process here, because I kind of want to talk about influences a little bit now. So we've okay. kind of gone. We've kind of gone through. Sorry, Edison. The kind of producery type stuff. Okay. All the sort of like. Um, all the all the hard work stuff but let's talk about the fun stuff which are things like influences uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> the things that you know people actually want to hear about um no influences mostly <laughs> mostly for me because um, I, I could kind of get a vibe yeah. of a few things in there especially the sort of tarantino um opening scroll uh what would you call it ident thingy at the beginning from what the uh, the our uh, feature presentation yeah 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 so what's yeah, that from well, like, I, I Jackie think, Brown or something I or... think I think he used it in in Grindhouse in, uh, that, yeah. in that big okay, double yeah. thing I think I, I used that though because I just like 
I like films being an experience. I'm, you know, not to get all sort of arty and high and mighty, but I like films still being an experience. So I, I wanted to just add that at the that little our feature presentation thing at the start because it's just, I don't know. I felt like it was a nice little thing, and the uh, the Star and Shadow Cinema in Newcastle. I'd seen one or two films there, and they used it. And it's just, it's, it's. I think it's about a ten second little piece of video, but it just kind of gears you up and makes it feel like more of a more of an event, you know. Great, yeah, and I think I guess it it jarred me only slightly in that I thought, oh, is this going to be like a grindhouse esque gotcha. film? But yeah. I guess that's just because of watching grindhouse and Tarantino films yeah. that you're kind of then expecting to see some very grainy, dirty black and yeah, white yeah, yeah. type found I footage think film. It's something that w- when the film kind of goes to a wider release, I'd probably remove. But for like for personal viewings and for the premiere and stuff because it's all kind of private in a way, if yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. I, I would, I, I'm would. i going to keep it for that because yeah. to keep it more of an event. And then for any wider release down the line, I, I would take it out because it is it does, It is a bit of a juxtaposition, really. Yeah, but I can see why you've done it. Like you say, if if, if, if and when you screen it, I don't know if you have yet. Have you? Have you just screening? No, 28th is the, is the plan. Oh, right. The plan. Oh, yeah. Sorry, you did say uh, you did. You did tell me. So have I seen it before the, the crew and the cast? Yes, you have. Yes. Oh, wow. Oh wow! Yeah. Lucky me. Um, so so yeah. Let's do, so specifically influences for the film. Let's say. Do you have? Yeah. Do you have literally literal um, influences got, and visual? I've got influ- one or two. Influences? I've got one or two. I, ironically, this, the one thing that I said in any sort of uh, press or chat or what have you, I've done about this is I think the film that it's most similar to is The Perks of Being a Wallflower. But ironically, I didn't think about that at all while I was writing it. It wasn't until after I sat back and you know, finished it all, uh, that I realised, oh, the protagonist has similarities, the pair of best friends in the Perks of a Wallflower case, they're, um, I think they're foster brother and sister, but even their personalities are quite akin, there's the romance element, but that didn't play into it at all. Uh, Things like The Kings of Summer and God Help the Girl, where there's kind of like a trio, you know, there's always a trio of main characters, and I know in our film... There's the four main characters, but I, I mean in terms of the the friendship, so the friendship that James has with Rosalind and Dave, that, that, that trio aspect was something I quite liked. And I think the general idea actually came about from Trainspotting 2. Uh, there's a scene in Trainspotting 2 where... Um, what's his name? Uh, what's his face? Ewan McGregor, and uh, as Renton goes out for like a jog up Arthur's Sea, and there was something about that scene, and it's very visual, and they have a bit of dialogue, but something about that sort of grasping life, uh, gra- grabbing the bull by the horn scene, that just going out and embracing life and having fun, there's a bit of comedy in there. Something about that, I guess, really resonated with me. I mean, I love that, that film in general. It's definitely up there as a favourite film, but something about that scene... <coughs> definitely stuck with me and that obviously I then put a jogging scene in Finding a True Self which is akin to the Train Spotting 2 one and then I think just other bits in just drip, just drips and drabs as I say Kings of Summer God Help the Girl um, there's another one which I'm forgetting but that I think it was that sort of friendship and it's a coming of age film but it's a coming of like our film Finding a True Self it's a coming of age film but a coming of age in your 20s um, which you don't see as often, so it was more things like God Help the Girl were were more similar in were in that aspect because I think they are a bit older in that film. I think that's the first time Train Spotting Two has ever been referenced. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I forgot that they made another one. Oh, I, I <laughs> of all the I, films I mean, to reference, Train Spotting 2. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it, it's a weird one. I mean, you watch Train Spotting 2 and then you watch this film and you probably wouldn't see it, but I think as soon as you mention the jogging bit, you kind of go, oh, yeah, yeah I can kind of see that. It's um, That's how the best influences work, right? You're not, you're yeah. not stealing them. You're kind of letting them no. become something else. Yeah, and I think, I, I mean, there's a few others. I, I, there's a few other bits. There's maybe one influence which I kind of can't say because of spoilers, but... Uh, I think just just that general, yeah, that slice of that slice of life kind of uh, genre, which which I think you are starting to see more films made in that uh, in that vein now, which is quite nice. It's uh, just that sort of hanging out with these characters, and there is a story there, but at the same time, it's quite character driven. Just those kind of films. Yeah, I, for me, I don't know if it was just a northern thing, and I'd hate to say say that it was, but. It was a Mike Lee-esque film for me. I kind of felt like the sort of natural okay. performances, even though obviously Mike Lee films tend to be a little bit heavier on the on the depression side. Okay. Uh, I still felt like it was it was so reliant on the characters and the sort of natural natural aspect. Even though obviously yeah. I don't want to go too much into the twist. Yeah, uh, but I, I get what you mean. But, yeah. but the but the him and his life and how he he's kind of. Um, yeah. Where, where he's I at reminded me of a Mike Lee film, I suppose. I def- yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to think, well, what, has Mike, what has Mike Lee done? I, I recognise the name. But... Oh, okay, so like he's made Vera Drake, he's made Mr. Okay. Turner, he's made... I guess I'm thinking more so of his older stuff. Is Mr. Turner, um, is that the one with Timothy Spall? That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Peter Louisville. That, yeah. Um, yeah. But th- none of those are the ones that I actually have in mind because my memory is no. terrible. So <laughs> I'm going to just quickly Google... Uh, I was gonna say I, rec- I, I recognise the name Mike Lee, but I, it's one of the. I think did, it's one of those ones. Did he I do? Um, did he do Secrets and Lies? Yes, I guess yeah. the film I'm actually thinking about is called Another Year. But I'm it, not snow. It has I've nothing to do that. with the characters per se, <laughs> in terms of like um, narratively, your films are totally different. But if you watch Another Year, it's kind of this incredible film. And I remember I was at film school uh, when it came out, and so I, I guess I was starting to watch films that weren't you know your typical cinema going films and yeah. another year was seemingly about nothing but about a lot of things yes and it, th- there aren't many films around like that even now but mike lee c- tends to do those films quite well and i guess this is what this film yeah. reminded me of is that for for large parts it do- you're not really getting that there is much going on but a lot is going yeah, on yeah I, I i think obviously there is there is a narrative there but i did want it to feel grounded and i did want it to feel almost like you'd just been dropped in on the lives of these characters which i guess is kind of the effect with most films uh and there's always you know elements of coincidence in a screenplay you know he happens to meet these people at the shops he ha- which then leads on to the rest of the film but i did i did want it to be that little bit of we have just been dropped in uh the start of the film opens uh, with kind of this montage of his daily life so there's not any word spoken for a, a good few minutes of the first chunk of the film so it's that I, I did want it to feel like oh it's this slice of life you're just getting to see what's happening to these characters uh and then that's it it's kind of like you've been dropped in here's what's happened cool done which as i say it's that's kind of the, the thing with most films but i suppose it's kind of different with the slice of life genre I don't know. Yeah, you're probably right for for a certain type of film, and and it, you've almost just described another 
another year to me. Like that's exactly what okay. happens there. I'm gonna have to watch this. Yeah, it's really, it's really good. If it gets you, it's incredible. But I can imagine people, yeah, would quite easily say it's boring. Like you know, if they're if yeah, they're it's used one of those to ones. yeah, if you're yeah. used to watching superhero films and stuff, narrative and plot, then you're kind of gonna watch this film and think you know it's just two hours of my yeah. life that i've wasted but it's very yeah, character driven and if you fall in love with the characters then i watched the film i, I honestly when it first came out about five times because for whatever reason it just i just connected to it and, it's just one of those ones yeah. yeah and i wanted to watch it again because then you kind of you feel super sad at the end of it and then you watch it again and then you feel happy yeah. the next yeah. time you watch it and then you watch it again and you feel depressed again and it's just it, ha it has a lot of colors to it that depending on your mood i think is what you sort of take away yeah. from the film, which is the genius. I think of that's Mike the thing. Lee. It can it can de it can depend on where you are as a person. Oh, for sure. it can depend on where you mm. are in life yeah. as to how these films uh, affect you. It's you know I think coming of age films are typically in your teens, as I said. But so a lot of people kind of look back on them, even if you're a grown up, even if you're an adult, and kind of go, "Oh, I remember those things." But I I did wanted to make it coming of age in your twenties because a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people who I spoke to when I was writing it agreed that that's when you almost start that that is kind of when you officially come of age because you're suddenly there's a lot more responsibilities yes you might have had jobs and stuff but then it's you're really pushed into the adult life and uh, you're away I, from so the I school system I, right exactly yeah because you know you can you can go at 18 you don't have to go to to, to uni and such uh, at least last time I checked it, you know, you it's, yeah, it's still the case. Still, yeah. still eighteen. Yeah, yeah. So, one, so after that, you're kind of, you know, you're free to go. So, I mean, I might be completely wrong, but I do think people in their twenties, maybe especially in their early twenties, will probably connect with this the most. I mean, I might, I might be wrong. There might be some, some older people, some younger people who might, who might look back on those kind of events or look to those events and go, oh god. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I uh, would, I would imagine that anyone who's of that age. I would be I would better connect to the film now than if I was that age, just because it would probably okay. be too, it would probably be too close to home for me yeah. watch, watching it. If it was, I don't like necessarily watching films about myself. Uh, yeah, no, I, I saw a, I saw a trailer for a, a, a um, someone's making a film. It's, it was a film about someone making a film for their graduation something, and I I right. just straight away went, I'm not watching that. I don't yeah. want to know about what I've been through. You're, yeah, you'll you know, feel that. Yeah, yeah. It was all about like meeting a deadline, the creative, uh, the creative problems that she was having, and all this stuff. It was all the things that we're sort of talking about, but in a film. Exactly. Yeah. And apparently, it's won mm. a BAFTA or it's been nominated for a BAFTA. But oh, I was wow. still like, oh, wow. I don't, I don't want to watch it because yeah. I've just been sat there stressed the whole time thinking about <laughs> like how how it was when I was doing it. But mm -hmm. I think so. I, I I think I think you're gonna hit an, an older audience. I think yeah. sort of 50s, no, no, 60s. I, I, as soon as you said back. that, I can I can completely see that. And but I think that's uh, it's been said loads of times. But it's one of the nice things about films is everyone brings their own individual thoughts mm. and experience, their own personality to it. So yeah, maybe it will resonate more with a, a slightly older audience. Uh, yeah, a slight detachment. I, I haven't got yeah. much of a detachment, but enough that I could kind of see similarities in myself when I was his age or presumably his age but like I said yeah. I, I don't think I would have enjoyed it half as much as if I was yeah. actually still in it because I, I don't know Especially what I would have been watching. Especially if you're that sort of personality you know, For sure. that sort yeah. of personality mm -hmm. like, like uh, he is at the start of the film then you'll really probably yeah. uh, see yourself in that and just and, I think and it's, as you said that there are films where you just think <laughs> yeah. to watch yourself yeah. Yeah. to want to watch yourself where... and be intrigued yeah. by that you can see yourself too too much in it and that yeah. does put you mm. off 
Yeah, there yeah. are those sorts of films. What are your hopes for the film now that it's finished? Is it finished? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, so what uh, are your hopes? Where are you at with it in terms of quite, quite festivals simply, we mentioned earlier? Yeah, I suppose my hope, quite simply, is that people like it. That would be nice. <laughs> You've got to get people to watch it first, right? So Exactly, yes. yeah. So what's so the plan? What, the plan is to have the, the premiere on the 28th all being well. Uh, that's pretty much locked in, but uh, we're kind of just waiting, you know, to, to do the old sign of the contract and let that go through officially uh i think there's one or two festivals that it's in and then we found out um in pre-production that it's and we'd seen you know many other you know quote indie films uh on amazon prime and apparently uh i watched a there's a whole video breaking down the whole process of putting your film on prime and you kind of think oh it may be a bit uh cliche but you can't exactly just put whatever you want on netflix and stuff so if there's something like amazon prime which allows us to put the film on there and provide you know like a hard link to share to people to say here's the link you'll be able to watch this film at at this link uh and because it's amazon prime it's it's a lot uh wider than one festival in one city Mm. or what have you it's it's online it's it's wherever and loads of people use it so that we definitely want to get it on there and it doesn't seem out of the question to do so mm-hmm. what, what is there any difference or what do you think the differences are between just uploading it to youtube than to amazon prime i think I th- yeah go on Edson, yeah yeah i, I was just going to say because amazon prime is sort of the go-to place that you go to for that sort of thing youtube you would expect not to like dunk on any filmmakers or anything like that but it would it's very much gotten a kind of audience where you go for youtube influencers and it's kind of geared towards that kind of market i think amazon prime is a lot more focused on like the sort of films that we put up yeah um, rather than like, I know that Vimeo as well. Vimeo is more more keen well, towards that, people like us on YouTube. We're but... not we're not going to just look at Prime because there are things like Vimeo on demand, and I think yeah. you can do uh, you can do renting of films through YouTube. I've never done yeah. it, but I think you can. So we definitely would look at all these other avenues. Mm-hmm. But I think because we know Prime is something you can do, and you've kind of summed it up there. I think Addison, it's more focused on films and TV as mm-hmm. opposed to YouTube, where you've got anything at all including films and tv uh it makes more sense to have it on there and then seek to look at other services because yeah because another another key thing is to do with visibility as well i think the visibility will be a lot more better on amazon prime because you need to sort of look at how many people visit this website and what's the likelihood that we will get discovered on it if we put on youtube yes lots of people go but there's also i can't remember the exact stat of my off the top of my head but like 250 million seconds or something is uploaded per minute wow. of video onto youtube i'd believe I, it i don't yeah i don't know if that's right but i'm pretty sure it was right at yeah. least a few years ago um so the chances of you just putting up then putting a link up on the social media and hoping it gets discovered will be pretty slim but if you put something up onto amazon prime tag the genres right and put the right sort of information in and then start sharing it and they've got again i can't remember what but i think they've got like 250 million subscribers or something on yeah. prime so you then that's me. that's so yeah that's a wide yeah sorry, sorry i was Edson. just gonna say that's a, that yeah that's a wide audience and it's also it isn't beyond the realms of belief to get discovered on amazon prime it's, yeah it's a great answer and it's a good reason why uh youtube necessarily isn't the avenue you want to go i i was mistaken i thought you were when you said you were going to upload it to amazon prime i didn't realize that you meant you were you were looking to rent and, and sell it because obviously if you're looking to obviously recoup your money then prime or prime or yeah because that, that, that's the thing is as, as i said i think youtube does offer that but I, i've never really explored it and it's it, you know i talked before we mentioned those little things that we're going to do after after the premiere those final little things and one of them will be amazon prime 
any other streaming services that might be uh, you know viable or valuable in a way such as video I think, on demand. Yeah, I think such. yeah, I think Prime will definitely be the first go to. I think Prime will get the film first. I but guess it's, if we upload it anywhere else, we'll be up in the air. It, Prime Prime has lost. A, I haven't really. So it sounds like you know more about it than me, Addison. Especially so, I appreciate that because that was a great answer. Mm. But I think for me, even as a viewer. Amazon Prime I've lost some respect for because okay. I think a lot of filmmakers are using it as if my films got onto Netflix you know they're kind of promoting their film like I, I do agree yeah, with you know that. and so I've turned off from it because I think well if any old crap can get on there why am I gonna bother yeah. uh, I think I think mm-hmm. for us I mean Sifting I can't speak it. for you Addison yeah. but I, I think for us it's more in the sense of not to say, oh wow, look, our film got on Prime mm-hmm. in the same vein as you say, Daniel, as oh yeah. wow, our got film got onto Netflix, which is I think what a lot of people do, and I can understand why they do it, but for I think for us it's more just uh, to have a place where we can say, look, here's the film, you can yeah. watch it. Yep. We're not gonna yeah. we're not gonna brag about it being on Prime in the sense of oh it's on Prime, but we're <laughs> yeah. gonna. We're going to say it more in the sense of here's a place you can watch the film yeah. and rent it or watch yeah. it and what have you. That's more what it's about. And it's us. a solid link for you guys. Like you say, it's, it's, That's if, it. if you're renting and selling it, it's a, everyone's got an Amazon account. So exactly. they'll just buy yeah. it straight off the bat. Like I, I've, I'm, I've started doing it and I'm, I'm still buying DVDs and Blu-rays. But I've just got, just starting to get into buying um, uh films on amazon to stream yeah i still don't like mm. it for whatever reason i i still prefer yeah. to pay a little bit extra and get a hard copy come yeah. through i uh, know um, i'm with you there i prefer the hard copy it's so strange it's, it's kind of like kindles yeah. and books i still buy books even though you can read yeah. it on a kindle you're just yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I don't know why i pay double yeah just so i, I, I no, i i kind of get that because you kind of yeah, there's a more of an attack because like i think this is another thing I, I was doing a bit of research in this where i was almost looking at sort of like the streaming game um not just for like films but like media in general it's become much more of a case where you don't necessarily own the media that you consume. Right. It's very much where it's a company that holds it, and you just when you buy it on Amazon, you don't get the film; you just get a license to stream it. Right. Yeah. So you don't own the film; you just get a license. Whereas if you have the box and you've got the physical DVD, you have the film; you it's, can hold I, it in your I, hand. That I sort like of thing. that. Yeah, it, it, that, yeah. That's a thing because with Netflix, everyone says, "Oh, this is now just arrived on Netflix," and you think, "Yeah, but within a month, it's I've got this on DVD." Be, yeah. Well, no, but within a month, it's probably going to be gone. The only things that you you know are always going to be on there and netflix original stuff and even some of those things they've now released on disc which is quite nice they've started to yeah. do a couple of them but it's, it's as you say you, you you know that you've always got it uh, for me because yeah, i'm not i'm oh, sorry sorry go, go ahead go on, no, sorry, I, no. no all i was going to say was it'll be the case of where amazon and or netflix they would i'm not 100 familiar with the deals that they have to arrange but they would assumingly if they're working with big companies such as um i don't know dreamworks or mm. disney or whatever not Disney, actually, because they have Disney Plus now. But um, I, don't know, I was going to say 20th Century Fox, but Disney owned that as well. They're gone. Um, Disney and, owns and, everything. <laughs> <laughs> any non-Disney company, they would have to work through an arrangement with them. And they would then have to renew their streaming um, rights for them. Yeah. And if they find out, okay, not that many people are watching it, then they will just take they it just off. Take it off because yeah. it's not worthwhile them I can't. The I can't fault them because not so much Disney. It makes sense. Not yeah, so much Disney, sense. but more Netflix. And to be honest, even more pr- with Prime. There's been some things on there where I think, oh, there's no way that film will be on there. Some random obscure film or this film from the, the 50s or this one from the 80s that no one's heard of. And chance- I mean, Amazon Prime always has 
about 90% of films anyway to rent or buy. But there's quite a few films even today I was looking and you go, oh, that's uh, free with Prime mm. or that's free if you watch some ads or that's free with uh, this seven-day free trial for this. And Prime's got so much on there. I think if you're a, if you're a, if you're like a bit more of a cinema nut, you probably actually prefer Prime because of how much is on there. So you can't mm. fault them for that, but hard copies all the way for me. I think that's <laughs> why I've just started getting into streaming, <laughs> buying streaming for that yeah. exact reason. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm on the verge of writing a, um, a murder mystery. And so I, I Googled, oh, awesome. um, I've Googled murder, top murder mystery films. Oh, I, I think I saw your right. tweet about that, about uh, Knives Out and Clue. That's right, yeah, does anyone yeah. know? And, and the great thing is, like you say about Amazon Prime, I think I only just sort of realised this, is that if because obviously all these companies are kind of connected. If you search on Google, this this shows my age, and it's kind of, kind of incredible where we've kind of got with it. If you search on Google top 50 murder mysteries, it shows a load, and if you hover over them, it then tells you where they're available. Yeah, there's which um, is incredible. You, you just, you know, just um, straight to a link. Do you know the app uh, Letterboxd? Yeah, 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 yeah. The film yeah, sort of review. Yeah, I mean that that as well has it's got that feature where it tells you where right. they're at, which right. is just mm-hmm. fantastic. It, it, it it's, is, and you, you and then you start to realise how many of them are on various streaming. Because right. that was the downside yeah. to IMDb. You could find a film on IMDb, but then you'd have to go yeah. externally to try and actually then yeah, find yeah. to buy it. But the yeah. thing I was going to say about. And you'll have to come back in like a year's time and we'll talk about this streaming question because for me, I bought, I don't know if you've heard of it, Come and See. Uh, oh, it's like a war film, oh. a Russian war film, Come and See. It's, 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 I th- it rings a bell, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't want to butcher the director's name off the top of my head, but it's, <laughs> it's kind of up there with Ivan's childhood. And I, again, I, I'm potentially going to be making a war film this year. So I've been watching, nice. I've been watching these war films. And so Come and See, I've got about 50 films on my Amazon Prime watch list. But I bought Camp Come and See and I watched it, I think, the day it arrived because the D- the DVD was staring at me. It was yeah. it sat on the side. There it was. And I knew at some point I was going to watch it because I, I could see it. It was it was in my living room. So it yeah. had some tangible sort of physical uh, value to it as opposed to a watch list full of 50 films that I've just gone click, 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 click. Oh, I'll watch them at some point and I probably never will. Yeah. No, so, I'm guilty of that as well. Right, so maybe, you know, in a roundabout way, the idea of streaming it and putting it on Amazon Prime, I don't, I just don't know if that's even going to get a yeah. audience. And it's no, it's no slight it's on your what, film. It, it, it's kind no, of... It's one thinking... of those things where, uh, where we are just going to have to see. I think more than anything for us, it's not to say, oh, look at us, we're on Prime. But it's, as, as I say, it's more yeah. to say, do you want to watch the film? here's the film this is how you can watch it it's on prime or if we do use other mm-hmm. avenues as well it's on vimeo on demand it's here and it's more just about yeah i guess give it giving access to any audience yeah. uh, the opportunity and, to watch it yeah. but we will just i guess we just have to see and plus as well it'll it'll be a case of not just putting all of our chips into amazon prime as well because like in terms of like getting the name out there we can't just exclusively rely on like amazon or anything like that we'll have to do our own work on the back end word of mouth will be like a big huge thing especially with like in just not just our film but indie films in general they rely on a lot of word of mouth where people recommend films to them and then that'll pique other people's interest because they'll know people that will like that kind of film because like i think that's another thing about our film is it's not i wouldn't say it's fully niche but it's not the sort of film that would typically get picked up it, it, these yeah. kinds of days. And that, that's the I thing. I was actually is, just about to ask. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is one of those ones that... But the thing is, we like to do films that are a bit different. 
yeah. you know. Because, I mean, like, like, both me and you were both fans of, like, coming-of-age um, yeah. sort of films because, like, I've, rem- I've like, binge-watched a number of series and other films based on the, that sort of exact genre. Because, like, I, I know that you guys were saying that you don't particularly like watching films about yourself and I get where you guys are coming from, but I like I like the sort of relatability of, of I think times it, as well. I think it depends. Like, um, yeah. t- like t- to use a recent example, Tick, Tick, Boom, I know I'm not mm. exactly a, a musician or a singer or anything, but I I could see... What's stopping uh, you? Well, oh, there you go. I mean, maybe that's, that, 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 <laughs> what's next for you, Gabriel? Yeah, singing career, Broadway. Um, but I could see a fair bit of myself in that, like with the whole creative process. And mm-hmm. it just depends how heavy hitting it is, I think, uh, yeah. uh, as to whether or not you want to watch yourself in it, because it can be the thing of, oh no, this is hitting too, too relatable. close to home. Yeah. Like, or... It depends. It just depends, I think. I think, yeah, for me, um, Whiplash, you know, the idea of this sort yeah. of pursuit of yeah. uh, Love Whiplash. Your, your creative art, but for whatever reason, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't, like, tearing my hair, hair out whilst watching it, you know, anxious about the fact that I'm watching a film and not doing work. Yeah. Uh, because it had, enough, it had enough to kind of distract you exactly, into not yeah. worrying mm. about, oh, look at this guy. Like thinking about it now, it gives me anxiety because you think, look at this mm-hmm. guy and what it takes for him to kind of succeed, and in the end, yeah. it breaks him. You know, that's the yeah. kind of story that none none of us want to hear. Uh, but yet, for some reason, that film doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I think that's a, I think that the one as well is a, it's a good example of, the, of that kind of balance of you kind of see yourself in it, but not to the degree where it's it's, it's painful, mm. as it were. Yeah. So so sales, you're not thinking of selling it. That you're not going to go down the sales route, sales agent, and and that sort of thing. I think it's definitely something we'll discuss because, it, and it's that thing of, yeah, because we are just starting out in this world. We don't exactly, you know, I, I don't know about you, Edison, but no sales agents immediately jump into my mind. It's that thing not, of we, we're, no, we're going to have to research it, and we're going to have yeah. to. It's just that thing of where we've got that little list of once the premiere's done, we think great, we've shown it to the cast and crew, and anyone else who who gratefully comes, uh, mm-hmm. what do we now want to do with it? And then we might do that bit of research and think, or oh, sales agents, or we might go on oh, no, the most things prime, or oh, actually it's over here we should go to. It's we are, It's just going to be another, uh, uh, the next in our long line of sit down over Zoom and have a chat about stuff meetings. Uh, hopefully <laughs> with much. no construction works. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I might leave it there, guys. That was great. Um, okay, cool. Unless there was anything awesome. that you that we've missed that you feel like you want to talk about or anything particularly you feel no, like you want I to promote just, about I, the film, I mean, I, I I just want to say that I think everyone has done a fantastic job with it, For and sure. I know I know that's the whole the cliche thing to say, but you know we've done their expenses and accommodation stuff. We didn't pay day rates. It was a crazy time when we filmed it with COVID. Uh, at, at you know it was more recent then at least. And everyone just came in and smashed it, and I think they were brilliant. And you've got people who have never worked on feature films before, both in crew and cast capacity. Mm. I think Robbie had never even done a single film before, and he's the protagonist. I don't think he did. And I no. think he smashed it at the part. But so everyone was just great. I think they all got on well. And uh, actually, uh, I tell, I, I tell I you, I tell you what. Do, you, do we want to do we want to quickly talk about the casting process? Yeah, can do. Yeah. 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 Because um, that was one of the first things that we ended up doing in pre-production. Because um, it was like obviously we ended up casting. I think did we cast during the second lockdown? Yeah. Yeah, because it was like back <laughs> end know. of it was back end of twenty twenty. Yeah. And um, 
I think we'd already kind of agreed that we were going to do auditions on Zoom anyway, not just yeah. because of COVID as well, but like it was a lot more because con- we were wanting to just attract anyone that was interested. Yeah, well, in I the think role. that there's two things that that spring up uh, that what one of them, which is a quick thing, which is actors, any actors who may listen to this, please don't feel like Zoom restricts you because if you've got people who are understanding or understand the fact that we're in a pandemic we're not going to judge you based on your internet connection, you know? Uh, and yeah. that's some, we're we're going to judge you based on your acting and your personality and how suited you are to the role, etc. And then the mm-hmm. other thing I was going to say is uh, if we're thinking about, you know, potential advice or potential takeaways for other filmmakers is don't underestimate Twitter and the power of an open casting call and the power of retweets because yeah. I, I'm still shocked to this day how many people have responded to our open casting calls and it's all just mm. because we've put a tweet out and it's just been shared and shared and yeah. shared and i'm pretty sure with finding your true self we've got 300 or 400 applications definitely sure. and i think we had and then with the that. one recently yeah we had, we had double, double that, that for the next one i'm pretty sure 700 800 yeah, or something like that so for the last yeah. one so and, and that's and, and again with an open call you've got more chance of finding the best person because you're going to have people of all manner of backgrounds and such apply, uh, applying or auditioning and um, what have you. So that, mm. that that's kind of my points to maybe say about the casting process, my main things. Yeah, great. Yeah, well, point. I mean, yeah, that was basically everything that I was going to say as well because, like, Twitter and social media was fantastic because, like, I know that I, I, like, obviously I'm in a lot of, like, circles with a lot of actors and i'm hearing them talk about a lot of cast and call processes and a lot of them get frustrated because obviously since we're up in the northeast there's a lot of them that get frustrated where they say oh everything's down south if i want to go for an audition i have to get a train to london and then i come back and then i'm done in like 10 minutes um so i think zoom obviously eliminates the whole travel factor and anything like that because i'm pretty sure we even agreed even after COVID's finished we're still even if we do in person auditions we're going to yeah. still offer up the chance to do a zoom audition just for practicality because yeah, i mean it's it so just, easy to use and set up yeah it's just nice and simple and i get why people might not want to use it or might not like it or if there's internet issues and what have you but you've perfectly summed it up there i think it's the thing of well would you rather spend all your money on a train down to london or to leeds or wherever uh only to be in the room to wait around and then be in the room for 10 minutes and then go or would you rather just hop onto your laptop or your phone or whatever it is again we're not going to judge you based on what form of technology you're using we just want to talk to you and audition you you know yeah and like again and another thing that i'm aware about because like i understand a lot of people were um like they keep on a lot of the frustration is oh, i have to be with an agent i have to be on spotlight if i want to be able to audition for this sort of yeah. thing not necessarily but like not necessarily because like robbie i don't think i well he's signed on he's with got an agent, an agent now yeah he's got an agent he just saw that a few days ago he just got signed on with an agent but he didn't have an agent and he wasn't on spotlight no. um when we were casting and he got the main role for it because we just thought because like Cause he i remember he was great. He was fantastic. Like, he blew both I, of us away. I said to you, didn't I? I think he was our last audition for James. And I said mm-hmm. to you, I think the day before, I said, I- I'm sure, didn't I? I said, I'm Addison. I'm quite worried. I went because I think Sheps, uh, I think Shepsy has already emerged as the best Charlie. I think Sarah's already emerged as the best Rosalind. Anthony is the best Dave and everyone else. I said, but I'm worried about the role of James. Uh, I'm, I'm worried that we're not going to be able to fill it. And I think we had two James we had one and we said, I can't remember who it was, but like in that order, but it, we said they were good. And then I was still said, oh, I'm a bit worried. Robbie came in last one. Smashed I'm sure it. he was our last one smashed out of the park, you know, and he, we wouldn't have found him if it wasn't for the open call because he yeah, didn't have an agent. If, if, 
Yeah, so if I we'd understand. Gone through agents, then we wouldn't have found yeah, him. Yeah, I I understand a lot of people, like a lot of the people that run castings and that sort of thing. They're always like, oh, you always get more serious and professional people if you go through like spotlight. And I'm like, yeah, you might have gotten people that have like more credits or like have an agent that's choosing to represent them that they're paying. But at the same time, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're like the most talented. I'm not sure if that's like controversial or whatever to say, but it's just that that's just how we saw it with our casting process. We well, saw people. I, I think that that was nice. It was one of the thing first things I think we we kind of both said it to each other almost at the same time, which was you know we're not gonna care about you know who these people are in terms of I, I can't think of the right way to describe it, but all we care about is that how good of an actor how good of an actor there are and how if they're a nice person and if they suit the role and that's what yeah, counts. it doesn't matter if you've got an agent doesn't matter if you've got a spotlight yeah, page like i know there was a lot of people that auditioned with spotlight pages and obviously it kind of helped just see oh they've done this they've done they've this. Got a show reel or what have you they've yeah. got a show reel it was almost like it was almost like it was, it was the equivalent of just giving us like a business card it was yeah. like it was nice convenient all the information was there but it didn't really matter in the long run because what mattered was how are you as a person how are you as exactly. an actor do we like to talk to you and um yeah, that's just how it ended up becoming about. I think to add to the controversy of what you just said there, Addison, uh, <laughs> I, I think there's something to be said for actors who are actually who are keen, and maybe if they've got if they've got a hundred credits and they've got an agent and then they're working 365 days a year, your film is just going to be one of many things that they do that week. Whereas, would you actually prefer someone to work with someone who actually sees what they're doing with you as a big deal? So. You're probably going to get the yeah. people who don't have agents and don't have spotlights yeah. totally commit to your film because they're at that stage of their career where they're they're keen and they're eager to kind of work. Yeah. So because like I de- I definitely saw that as the case with Robbie because like you said I'm pretty sure it was his first film in general. I don't yeah. think he'd done any. I shorts think we or ha- I like think that. we just had a nice mix. I think we've got an, I won't say who yet because we've not announced it, but I think we've got a nice mix for the next film as well. But I think with Finding It Yourself we had a nice mix of people of newcomers to film like Robbie people who'd done little bits and pieces and people who were older and more seasoned so it was a really nice uh, mix of you know of, of all of those uh, different mm. uh, levels as, as it were yeah and so I think that's a again another really good place to to stop I, I should probably mention that I know well I've edited the um, Amanda Amanda Dryden Dryden, Dryden Walker, Walker. Yeah. Walker yeah what a great name Great. Uh, isn't it? Love Amanda. Yeah, I, I edited her showreel, and I it was nice to see oh, her uh, pop up. I wonder if her showreel got her the yeah. role or not. I don't know. <laughs> I, I am I am curious, and please, and this is a slightly egotistical question, but please be completely honest. Did you enjoy it, the film? <laughs> I did enjoy the film. I did enjoy the film. It had a, Are you cool. talking to me or Addison? <laughs> no, well, I hate it. Addison, this thing you've worked on for a year and a half wasn't any good. Am I the first to uh, have seen it? Yeah. Beyond um, no, I think the... one or two people we... have seen it, but they're more like yeah. close family and stuff, right? Right. I think, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think there's maybe one other person who who, who we were going to do a podcast or a review with has, yeah. has seen it. Oh, well, then, yeah, we, Wayne, yeah, Wayne Madden, Wayne Madden well. has seen it, yeah, because he did a review. But yes, yeah, you're in a select few. Right, that okay. Way. Yeah, you're <laughs> definitely in the first ten. I, yes. So yeah. I, I, I've only just watched it. Literally, I watched it and then got on the, the Zoom with you guys. So okay. I probably, probably shouldn't have done that. I should have had half an hour between <laughs> uh, watching it. It's almost like I've done a, a Q&A with the filmmakers straight after the screening. So I should I know, have probably... Because right, I often yeah. do need to think about something. And I do think it's a film that, like I said, has a lot going on. And it's been really hard to not talk about the twist. Um, yes. Because mm. I think that's a, that's a really... Um, it's an interesting yeah, way of... of I'm tr- 
Yeah. I'm trying to think of like a non-spoilery way to talk about. Oh, you that. can't. I mean, you and, can't. Yeah, you yeah, can't. No matter what and, you and, say. And, and, and unless we want to, unless we want to do like a mini close-off and then go right now, this is the spoiler section. Yeah, to be fair, <laughs> uh, this is the second episode, so maybe that's something I've got to do because the idea of there being a spoiler problem isn't something I've considered. But to be fair, I think most people I'm going to be talking to their films are yeah. available to watch so it's probably a mm-hmm. bit of an F yeah. if you haven't already seen the film <laughs> um, who cares about spoilers but for you guys it's not released yet and it will be doing a festival run and then you're looking to release it later on in the year I think it's probably important that we don't spoil it for anyone who yeah. is potentially mm-hmm. going to watch it but um, no I did enjoy it like I said for me personally okay, cool. the music really stood out as being very impressive and just the selection of, of songs that you've managed to get within your film on such a small budget that was the kind of real like everything else was great as well and i enjoyed many aspects to it but i for me music is often especially original songs you don't see on indie in indie films because you just you just don't and if you do they're kind of like you know copyrighted songs and it's quite obvious that they've just Mm -hmm. sort of pulled it from a library but your songs felt like you'd gone out and and got people to make songs for you and, and and obviously you didn't but it was similar to that that you you'd gone out and fetched some but they felt yeah it felt like some work had been put into the soundtrack which i really appreciated so cool um awesome. and i think i yeah, like no. the cinematography there was something about the the framing that i really kind of reminded me of the way that i used to shoot films a long time ago which was um, not no in no disrespect to like oh you know a long time ago sort of thing but more so like um, <laughs> what i've been doing recently hasn't allowed me to really kind of be as artistic with my framing as perhaps some of yeah. your shots were so i quite like that um okay, and, it, and it does tell a yeah, very no, no, a very cool. mature story as well for for obviously young filmmakers to kind of be dealing with something like a like you've we're mentioned so grown, we're so grown up you know we're so grown right up. <laughs> but you've mentioned a coming of age story and I, I i it hadn't crossed my mind that that's what it was but of course it was. Well, I think I think that's the thing is that is that unless you say that you might not realize it, and then you say coming of age, but in your twenties, and it's kind of oh right, yeah, yeah. kind of. I think it's yeah, more it's sort of a, an existential dread film, you know, sort or of crisis. Like, yeah, crisis film. <laughs> yeah, an emotional crisis film for myself. Yeah, because I guess <laughs> or biography. Coming of age is kind of for me. It's always like um, what was that film with? Philip Seymour Hoffman, almost famous, you know, like this idea that oh, you're right. kind of going from 15 to 18, you're becoming a, an adult sort of thing. So I suppose if you're already an adult, you're coming, you are still coming of age, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'd say it's more of a, a crisis film, an emotional crisis film. Yeah. And obviously the, the, the lead has a very um, uh, heavy past as to what's kind of going on with him. Yeah. So... Yeah, it was nice yeah. to have, but you've kind of struck the balance between the sort of that side of things and then two characters and, and kind of the... the, the cool. See, I thought I thought something more sinister was going to happen. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, I thought I thought they're leading him down the garden path here a little bit. I thought these characters, oh, and that's, right. that's perhaps my sort of untrust of friendly people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's, like, that's the thing, though. I mean, that's the thing of, like, they, they that's where the the movie element I think comes in because it's that thing of, oh, they are just having this conversation with this guy and yes, right. that's their personalities, but you do think about, well, w- would that happen? And then that's kind of where the movie element I think joins hands with the reality element. I don't right. know, I might, I might just be speaking rubbish do you there, mean that's, more kind, so of what I, that's yeah. kind of what I see. Do you, do you mean movie is in um, 
sort of... As in that, I guess, I guess that fantasy element right. of, you know, would this conversation happen in real life? This sort of, oh, um, I won't say too much about the, the scene and how they meet and stuff, but that sort of just chance encounter, would that then develop into a lengthy conversation, which would then develop into them hanging out more? It's, you know... I guess realism is the word. It's the case of how realistic is that. And I think to an extent it is realistic, but then that's where the sort of movie fantastical fantasy element blends together, I suppose, is, is what I try to mean, what I'm trying to express. For me, so that's interesting that you say that because for me, it's almost the other way around. I found that the the fantastical movie element to it because that Which fa- bit? The, the, the chance encounter. The sort of them yeah. becoming well, that, friends. Yeah, well, that's 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 kind of it as well. Yeah, it's it's like I think. Oh, sorry. Is you're that what hard. You meant? Pre- no, well, it's, it's not as much, but but I I agree with I agree with you there. I think that that kind of is it is a little bit of it because it is a chance encounter. It is coincidence, uh, which always crops up in scripts a lot. I think because yeah, for me watching it, like I said, I I I, I thought something sinister was going on because <laughs> if someone had walked up to me and or if I'd bumped into someone in the shop and then yeah. we sort of carried on talking. You know, it just doesn't happen to me. Again, maybe yeah. it's my tone of voice or whatever, and people don't approach me yeah. thinking that I'm a nice guy. But have you seen a film called Victoria? It's a one-shot no, film. No, no, no. It's nah. English language, but it's a French-Belgian film. It's a one-shot film, and it's absolutely cool. incredible. Like I just a side note, Victoria. just to recommend that film. Victoria, but yeah. But the, the the sort of first 10-15 minutes is not similar to your film. But it is certainly a chance encounter that leads on this journey. That leads, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you, you're you yeah. watching it going, oh, it's kind of like this happenstance between these two characters. And then suddenly they're kind of off and they're kind of pursuing it. So that's where I thought, oh, this is it's a movie element because yeah. it felt... I, 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 that, that's kind of what I felt with it, which is there's the realism and the, the grounding of the, the, of the realism of the story and the characters, but then... The, the fantasy of this chance encounter and how that relationship develops and such. But I, I'm almost tempted to now and go and do a, a, an alternate cut where I re-edit it with really creepy music where it seems like they keep popping up in his life. Yeah, yeah. You can make it <laughs> into they're, a horror They're stalking sure. him. Yeah, you yeah. You could. Yeah, I think yeah, you yeah. probably could. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> I, be I thought it was going to be a, yeah, a sort of Wicker Man cult sort of aspect yeah. to it perhaps that they were going to... Ironically, that that's another film we've actually spoke about doing a yeah. sort of Wicker Man esque film. So I'll, I'll maybe use some of these ideas Don't from need this to. that could just that could have been one. made horror. <laughs> just yeah. re, just remake Finding Your True yeah, Self. Yeah. Finding Your True Self. <laughs> just change the music. That's all you need. The to Wicker do. Cut. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I did enjoy oh, cool. it, and and there was oh, a lot no, more that's... to sort of take home from from the film than I probably have spoken about here. But it's been great, and you've you've shared a lot of um, great it, information. Yeah, well, glad you enjoyed us. it. Yeah, very much sure. so, and I, I hope I really hope that the film does well. And thank you, and the, thank you. The, the the festivals and the screenings and the Amazon Prime. Uh, yeah, I yeah. wish you all the best with it. Well, thank you very much. Well, cheers, and, and thanks for doing this with us as well. This podcast. yeah, for sure. Thanks, Dan. And that is episode two of my new podcast. Thank you to Gabriel and Addison for joining me. If you'd like to support their film, you can follow them on Twitter and you can watch and share the trailer from the link that I'll put in the description. Episode three will be coming up soon. So if you haven't already, please follow the podcast to be notified. Thank you.